When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, world's coming to an end, Mal. I see angels, Nikki. They're coming down for us from heaven. You believe Michael didn't touch peach ever? Michael never touched the peach in his whole entire life. He didn't even peek at the peach. I want to believe. Well, do it live. I can't really identify the, the systems exactly. Um, I can tell you that they were at least 40 to 50 years uh, in the future compared to everybody else. My God. The technology, uh, just mind-blowing things. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that strange? We were talking about the president, and all of a sudden we got cut off. If you can make your voice heard, you can stand up to these things. You can speak out on these things. People are going to listen. People are going to hear you, and you can affect change. You can make things happen. You can, you can cool. improve uh, the world. And he claims that his audience is just That's as big as coast to coast. So I can stand up for Let's these things. That. That I believe oh, really? I can stand up. I can, <laughs> wow. I can speak you out. You guys are truly kicking ass. I can change the world. Uh, some sort of sex operator. He's a sex operator. Sex is the paranormal, Michael. Are straightforward, uh, straight, I would say straight shooters. I don't want to brag, but so, by myself, I killed the guy. Well, today I'm going to speak to you about spiritradio.com. Shout out in the day, baby. You would not even know about the secret societies. You would not even know about the Illuminati. You would not know anything about the world conspiracy if it had not been for me before you were born, young man. Before you were born. <laughs> We're sorry. You have reached a number that has been disconnected or is no longer in service. And welcome to a brand new life, to a brand new day. All the way from the wastelands of California. My name is Michael, and I'm the host and producer of this amazing program. I look forward to once again serve you those sounds of salvation. Live and direct right now, the program normally begins. At 7.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, on the TuneIn Radio app. Search End of Days. First-time listeners turn on, tune in, and drop out. This is a different kind of show. A place where we don't feel so alone. Let us chase away the light, no matter what you at home choose to believe. I do admire you for your curiosity. My guest tonight is Mike Hideous. Mike Hideous is the mastermind behind the musical creations known as The Empire Hideous and Spy Society 99. As a lead vocalist, he also fronted the legendary horror punk band known as The Misfits, touring all over Europe and South America with the band in the summer of 1998. Member? I do. 1998. How can you forget that year? He, of course, also was a member of the Bronx Casket Company. Mike also wrote and published an autobiography back in 2002 
entitled King of an Empire to the Shoes of a Misfit. It's an autobiography and, of course, personal interviews with Mike and, of course, that dreaded director who created that documentary entitled Living the American Nightmare. It wasn't supposed to be that way. That caused a bit of a ruckus. Now, Mike has been here with me live. This isn't exactly his first rodeo here. However, as usual, I am delighted he can join us tonight. So once again, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for allowing me into your hearts and into your minds on a night like this. So here we are once again. Welcome back, boys and girls. I needed a very long break from things here. I needed to recharge the battery once again. And of course, I enjoyed my little break I had here. Some of you were a little sad. I know. That's okay. I dislike going away too, but my personal life always comes first. So here we are once again, folks, under Orion's belt, under pale moonlight. And it does feel great to be back. I hope all of you had a great weekend last week. And of course, I hope you had a great Friday night. I know I did. Now, I know I shouldn't take too long right now. I do have Mike waiting. I, I did have a lot to say here, but I'll hold off and bring him on. Let's see what's going on with our friend here. Or maybe we won't see what's going on with our friend here. Uh-oh. There you are. What's going on, Mike? How are you? Hi, how are you? I'm fantastic. I can't really complain. Are we on the air? Oh, yes, we are live on the air. So welcome to End of Days, the Michael Deacon program. I do thank you for being a part of the program tonight. Who, me? Yes, you, of course. <laughs> oh, yeah. Michael, it's always a pleasure to come on your show. Um, I want to thank you in advance. Uh, I'm looking forward to this evening. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, you know, I saved you some time there. I was going to do a couple of rants here and there, but I decided, no, I'll hold off and we'll talk a bit here. That's Great. always more, yeah, that's always more fun. And of course, I do want to say thank you very much for being such a loyal friend of mine. Uh, no need to thank me, Michael. I mean, as, as we've mentioned in the past, I've been supporting your show since oh my gosh how long has it been now five five years maybe more probably yeah you've always um, been yeah you've always had my back and i'm proud to say that you're my friend now and um that's a very rare thing this day and age since indeed. you know the world is a very ugly place it sure is and it gets uglier by the day but uh i i'm very glad that um we have become as close as we have and and uh I mean, we don't, you know, we're not like super best friends, but we do talk. I mean, we sure. are on each side of the country. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I think, um, I'm very, I'm very pleased to be a part of this when you do ask me. So yeah, no doubt. And I've always respected the fact that you always stood up for yourself and you fought for things that mattered to you. I always admired that. Thank you. Um, yeah, I know we spoke briefly, uh, yesterday about, um, some of the ref feathers that I've ruffled in the past. Oh yeah. <laughs> but as you said, um, I guess when, when you believe in something and you're passionate about it, um, in some cases you can offend others, but especially when you're talking about politics or religion, uh, it can really be offensive to others, but that's neither here nor there. I, I think tonight's show will, uh, will be good nonetheless, no matter what. <laughs> 
Well, I'm an advocate of free speech. You know that. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. They want to take that away from all of us eventually. Oh, my. So how you doing, Michael? I'm doing fantastic. I wasn't really sure if I was going to be here tonight. However, I must admit, I wasn't really feeling too well. Uh, long story, but I'm, I'm, I'm back and I feel okay now. Everything's fine. Good. Is, is that got anything to do with the, uh, the little toothache you had the other day? Oh yeah. Well, that's part of it. Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's always a part of it, but I'm good. And I, I hate going there, by the way. It's always <laughs> smells so bad in there and. Really? Where do you go? <laughs> Some like seedy, shady place in Mexico? <laughs> no, here in California, but. Oh, okay. But I mean, what does it, it smell like? It, it just smells so weird in there. It probably like the anesthetic or something or the, the sterilization stuff. Yeah, I think that's probably what it is. It's just, I, I hate being in that building. Uh, and then right see, next door. I, is, I like that smell. I like oh, that. Oh, you smell. like that? Yeah, I don't know. It's just something. I mean, I guess when you go in there and you smell it, it could kind of instantly remind you of pain. Um, believe me, I'm not a fan of the dentist either. Um, I mean, they have to knock me out for me to get my teeth cleaned, but, uh. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. That but, bad? You know, for, for some re- yeah, I got a really wow. sensitive mouth. I've, something's really got to be wrong with me because whenever I get like my teeth worked on, or get a haircut or something. I'm like extremely sensitive on my head. I don't. A haircut, really? Explain yeah. that to me. You gotta. You just can't leave me hanging with that one. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I guess in the past, of, I have known beauticians or hair uh, hairstylists, whatever you call them, uh, who are they're just really rough with their your hair, and they when they brush it, they pull the shit out of it. I'm a, I'm a wimp when it comes to my head. <laughs> uh, no problem. I, I understand some people are a little sensitive around that area, no doubt. <laughs> so, yeah, but anyway, I, I like I was saying before, that smell, I've always liked that smell. I, I think it's like a, the anesthetic or the um, uh, the stuff that they use to... It's probably uh, a bit of, yeah, it's probably a bit of everything. Yeah. yeah, but you know it's even worse, going to like a hair salon and the smell of perm solution. Oh, mm, Yeah. I recently That's, got a haircut myself, and yeah, that smell was everywhere too. Oh, that is horrible. Yeah, it makes your eyes water. Tell me about it. <laughs> well, mine personally, but uh, Mike, I, I did want to mention here to everyone that we've been talking for a, a long time now. What was it? Maybe over a year now about coming together and and doing a program, perhaps. And yeah, you know, I, I figured we already have the platform here. We can always do um, some sort of segment with you every so often where I just give you the keys and you have the the selection of, of guests and music and all that other stuff. Oh, wow. Um, I got to admit, I did not expect you to, to say that over the air, but um, I would be honored, Michael. And, and of course, you know, knowing it's your show and everything, I um, that is a great honor. Um I don't even know what to say. We should probably talk about this off the air. <laughs> sure, no problem. I, I don't know what to say. That's very, very kind of you. Um, I'm flattered. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. I always figured that we had a pretty good chemistry for a long time. Why not just um, roll with it? Indeed. I think, um, as as I've said a thousand times in the past, I've always enjoyed your uh, the way you execute a show, you've got a great voice, um, and the way you, um, the way you handle your, 
uh, interviews and um, uh, your segments and everything, I've always felt they were great. Now, I know, I don't know if you want to get into this, and I don't want to mention anything that shouldn't be mentioned, but I know that the show that you had in the past with your other with your other co-host, I know that didn't work out, and I am sorry to hear about that. I, I did like both of you guys, and I understand that, you know, you guys had a, a bit of a breakup here, per se, whatever you want to call it, but uh, I do nonetheless, um, I'm, I'm happy for your show. Um, I think you're, you know, you're doing very well. And again, I, I, I appreciate, uh, again, I always appreciate when you have me on. So thank you. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Now I know you're not exactly a guest here per se, but tonight you'll be playing, um, the role of, of, of a guest and a co-host here. And, uh, of course I do want to first ask you, how exactly are you for sure tonight, Mike? I know exactly. Um, the last time we spoke, the, the very last time, things were sunshines and rainbows and all that great shit. <laughs> but how are you now for sure? Uh, there's some things I'm alluding to that yes, y- you know, and right. I want to uh, know. Without getting into extreme detail, um, I am somewhat still recovering from a surgery I had back in November. Um, uh, I had cancer. Um, and it was the seventh time that I have been diagnosed with cancer. I've been dealing with, uh, cancer issues since I was 16 years old, uh, back in the eighties. And, um, so I just goes to show you how old I am, but, um, I've had, I've had, uh, seven in separate instances where I've had cancer, some far more serious than others. Uh, the last episode I had, which ended up in surgery uh, in November, was a very, very serious um, situation. Uh, So as far as how I'm doing, I'm recovering. I am well, but I am still recovering from uh, repercussions from that surgery, uh, which I expected. The doctor told me straight off the bat, he's like, this is what's going to happen to you. And so I'm dealing with that. Um, I'll be very frank with you it's not been easy my uh i i've i've it's been really heavy on my mind i'll I'll leave it at that but i'm doing all right thank you for asking i am healing better um i've got a i've got about six uh incision scars um on my uh torso uh where i had surgery and uh again i'm i'm just currently recovering from the surgery and with luck uh the the doctor told me um, it could be anywhere between six months to a year until I'm back to a normal Mr. Hideous. Understood. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty heavy stuff there, Mike, for sure. Yeah, it, it was, uh, it, as I said, it was a very serious situation. And um, uh, I've had, uh, out, of, out of the seven times I've had, uh, five of them have been extremely serious. Uh, two of them were minor. The rest were all serious. Yeah, that's a um, bit of a downer there. And like I said, not everything is um, sunshine and rainbows, but sometimes things are um, can't always be that way. Unfortunately, yeah, that's just the way uh, the ball bounces through life, you know. And um, I mean, I, I don't want to. I don't want to play the uh, the sad violin here, but <laughs> the, <laughs> no the fact of the matter is uh, is that I've you know I've I've had to deal with a lot of this this 
health issue all my life from as far back as when I was 16 years old. Uh, I had major surgery back when I was 16. Um, uh, I had a tumor in my uh, chest cavity in my lung. Uh, Mike, by the way, I'm I'm sorry to stop you there, but I yeah, sure, sure. I'm curious to know, did did you ever experience sleep paralysis when you were growing up? Oh, sure, yeah, mm. yeah, on and off. I mean, nothing on a steady level, but I've had it before. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I I see that in a lot of people. It's 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 a pattern now. I'm noticing. Well, I'm I, I'm gonna tell you something. If you want to talk about sleep patterns, sure. Um, I had another cancer issue back in 2010 in which I had to be treated with radiation therapy. Now, not that that has anything to do with what I'm about to tell you, but it just, it was this, it was the treatment that I had for that particular cancer. And I'm about to tell you, do you know that since that episode, when I had that particular, uh, health problem with cancer, I have not Quiet, Captain. Sorry, that was my bird. He's standing right next to me. Love the bird, by the way. <laughs> That's Captain. Um, when I had that episode back in 2010, as a result of the problems that I was having, I have not slept a full night since since then. So, yeah, since 2010, I have not had a full night's sleep. I sleep really? about yeah. I sleep about maybe three hours a night and then like, you know, I'll get up um and, you know, usually you have to go like to the bathroom or something. Like, sure. Piss or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll go to sleep again and I'm up again, like another three hours. So I'm up anywhere between like two to five times a night. Wow. Yeah. Now that's terrible. I, I didn't know you had to go through that. Yeah. Well, Can't getting was, damn it, sleep. Yeah, I, I haven't slept right since 2010. I'll tell you the best sleep I had, uh, was when I had, uh, any, any of the, any of the procedures that I had done, uh, where they put me out with anesthesia. Those were the best sleeps I had in years because I was oh out my. completely. Um, when I had the surgery in November, I was out for almost oh, 12 hours and that was about the only time I got to sleep since 2010. Yeah. So I know. There's a few other things going on as well in your personal life, and I, I do want to just quickly say, however, um, you can't stop the sun from shining, and the sun will shine on you again, my friend, in the future. Thank you. I appreciate that, Michael. Even though it, it's a little corny, but it's kind of the truth. You're absolutely right. As corny as it may sound, it is uh, it is a logical statement and uh, and a kind one at that, so yeah. Yeah, you'll be better soon. It always gets a little bit better in the future. And I do want to say this is a call-in show. And if anybody does want to call in, that number is 760-332-8947 or 760-332-8724. Give you those numbers one more time. 760-332-8947 or 760-332-8724. And of course, I'm on Skype. That's end of days. Mike, we're both here live and direct. If you want to talk to me or Mike or both of us, go ahead and do so before we go a little wild here. Both lines are open. All right. I told a few people they should call in tonight. I did list it on my uh, fan page for Mike Hideous. Yeah. If they want to call in, they could go ahead. And earlier I checked on the live listener stats. 
And there, there's a number of international listeners right now, Mike. Actually, the last time I listened to your show, uh, I think you were speaking with another, a, a guy who had another show from Texas or something. Oh, yeah. Uh, you, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, he had like a real heavy southern accent. Mm-hmm. Yes. You were telling him that you had uh, um, listeners from uh, around the world. That That's great, man. That's yeah. great. They they tune in here. Germany has been, um, I believe, number two now outside of outside of the states, which is pretty wild. Lots that's of pretty wild. Yeah, lots of Germans checking out the show. I think that's kind of incredible. You know, not for, not for nothing, but uh, Empire Hideous had always a, a, a good a good following in Germany. We had a, we sold a lot of CDs out there and. I think a lot of it has to attribute with uh, some of the magazines that I got interviewed for. Plus, I had a friend of mine that was um, out in Germany. Um, this guy named guy named Mario, uh, who used to do my my websites, and he used to do a lot of promotion for me out there. So I think he had a lot to do with spreading the word of Empire Hideous back then too. Um, so yeah, Germany and. Um, End of days and uh, Empire Hideous were huge in Germany. <laughs> yeah, for some yeah for some reason uh, it's no joke. Germany has really been putting in the minutes here. It's pretty wild, and of course Canada, or as I'd like to say, Canada, Canada, Canada. They've been they've been here too, putting in the minutes. And following that is the Netherlands. That that's another one that's really surprising. The boys and girls out there in the Netherlands have been checking in on me, which is fantastic. That is great. You're doing good, man. Good for you. I'm happy for you. Yeah, I'm digging it. I I like that. I I love all the international listeners out there. I really admire all of those who support this program over overseas. That's really cool. Yeah, honestly, how can you not? I mean, that's just a great thing. Go for it. Yeah, my hat's off to all those people out there who tune in. So, uh, Mike, I, I did want to ask you, since someone on Twitter earlier asked me, um, way earlier, this was maybe yesterday or the day before, they wanted me to ask you if you were going to watch the Super Bowl, and if you were, who were you going for? The Super Bowl's happening? <laughs> I didn't I, even know. <laughs> I didn't even, I mean, it is happening, but I, I apparently this um, listener, this fan of yours, I think they thought you liked football for some reason. Okay, let, let's uh, let's touch on that subject. All right, I I am honestly not a sports fan. Um, I'll tell you the extent of my sports career. When I was in high school, <laughs> quiet, Captain. When I was in high school, Captain didn't like that. Yeah, he's not a sports fan either. <laughs> yeah, he hates that um, shit. Yeah, um, when I was when I was in high school in. Just when I was going from eighth grade grammar school into freshman year in high school, uh, I was being sent to a, I went to a Catholic school for the first two years. Um, my parents sent me there thinking that, you know, I was going to be this college student and, you know, all, it was like a prep school, you know, prepped you for college. That's where they, that's where they corrupted you first, huh? That's where they corrupted me first. And that's where where I got into like witchcraft and stuff like that. Oh no. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) Anyway, so in freshman year, just before I started freshman year, my father said to me, he said, uh, you know, if you want to make friends, he said, why don't you join the football team? So, you know, I was a young kid. I was 13. Um, and I want to, I was hell bent on trying to impress my father when I was a young boy. So yes. 
Sure. Yeah. You know, yeah, he tells me, join the football team. So they had football camp for two weeks, and you basically go and you sleep at the school. So we had to bring, like, you know, uh, uh, sleeping bags and, like, two weeks' worth of clothes, blah, 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 blah. And we slept in the auditorium for, like, two weeks. So um, I go there with a friend of mine from grammar school who we, we both graduated together, and uh, I convinced him to go with me, but... That was it. It was the only person. And we did meet other people, uh, other freshmen mostly, because, you know, the JV and varsity doesn't talk to you anyway. So um, I joined. And let me tell you, that was the stupidest thing I could have done. Um, oh, no. I was the worst. I mean, I couldn't do this. I am not. I am not cut out for football, number one. I'm not not a big guy in stature. You know, I, I'm I'm. I'm a, I was skinny. I, I think I weighed like, I think my, I had like a size 27 waist in, uh, 27 inch waist and I, I think I weighed about 125 pounds. Oh my. And, yeah. yeah. I was, I was a skinny little kid. You were you very know? thin. Yes. Yeah. So, um, on top of that, I had just started dating a girl from, uh, high school, you know, and she had already broken up with a guy who was already on the football team. So nobody liked me. And, um, like my own teammates were like kicking my ass, you know, every time they got the opportunity in like a practice, uh, oh, a practice yeah. game. It was just pathetic. And after like mm-hmm. two weeks, after like, I think it was a f- little over a week, I-, I ended up like passing out from the heat. Um, <laughs> it was just a mess. So I quit. I quit. And, uh, then the second year, sophomore year, I tried out for track and I went through the whole month of training and, you know, I was doing all right. I, I was keeping up. You know, I I, uh, I was keeping up. Mind you, this was the same school. And then um, just before we had our first meet, um, I ended up quitting because I was having these health problems. And that's sort of like where my health problems began. Um, and then uh, shortly after that, I was hospitalized and had some issues. But so anyway, to answer the uh, the question to that one uh, tweet account. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I am not into sports. The only sports I really ever liked was racquetball. I used to play racquetball. I used to love it. Uh, other than that, I can't think of anything I do that's sports related. And I know nothing about football, baseball, soccer, tennis, you name it. I don't know it. You know, I played football for several years in my life and I look I like football every now and then it's um it is what it is and I don't really like to use that that phrase there but sometimes I'm into it sometimes I just don't really care at all for it Michael let me ask you a question are you into boxing do you box sure do I thought I heard you say something like that or somebody said something like that mm-hmm do you do it like semi-professional? Like, like, what do you do? No, not professional, not professionally. But I've been training and, and boxing and jujitsu for uh, another large part of my life, and that's never really stopped. Um, if I ever do repair my right knee, um, I'm thinking about getting in there at least once or twice. Really? So yeah, I, I think how, how long have you been boxing? Um, how long since I was about, about 14, 15? And what are you now, in your 20s or 30s? I'm 30 now. Your 30s. So, yeah. Yeah, okay, 15 years or so. That's great, man. That's, you know, I used to have a punching bag. I used to love beating the shit out of that thing, man. 
Um, I just sold it. Oh, so, why? You you should well, be using that now. Well, the problem is where I, I moved here, in the house that I live here in Pennsylvania, I don't have room for it. Um, there's no basement in this house. There's no attic in this house. Um, and it's just basically a small house built for one or two people. Um, and where I used to live in Kearney, New Jersey, I had a studio and I used to have the punching bag hanging from one of the major beams in the studio. So, and I mean, it was like a 75 pound bag. So it was a big bag. I used to love beating the crap out of that thing, but since I moved here, I, I had no place to put it. So, and it was just taking up room. So I sold it. Oh, that's too bad. It is. That's a good I way really to get. Have, yeah, it's a good way to get your frustration out. And, and no my, doubt. Mm-hmm. No doubt. And I, I, like I said, I used to, I used to put pictures on a on it of people I didn't like and beat the living crap out of. <laughs> yeah, I'm a pretty violent guy myself, Mike. But training really? and all of that that sort of thing really balances balances me out. To be honest with you. Really, and you know it's so odd. Like when I hear you speak, you're so you sound so like uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like so subtle and calm, but you're telling me you've got like rage inside of you. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's very true. It's that Mexican blood. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I've heard that before. It's true. It might be. Yeah, you, you might be right about that. I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> I, yeah, I. I, I don't blame you for thinking that because I'm starting to think that way too. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great, it's a great workout though. Great cardiovascular workout. Oh, it really is. It really is. Now, Mike, I did want to share something with you in regards to music and this is a bit of a throwback. Um, well, it's not really that much of a throwback. It was probably, what was it? A year or two ago now. I'm trying to recall exactly when this was, but. Um, I got into a bit of a discussion with, with some gentleman over Twitter. He had been tweeting about some sort of a tour that was going on featuring bands such as Smash Mouth and Sugar Ray and the okay. Blues Traveler Band and Uncle Cracker. Basically, it was Uncle the worst. Uncle Cracker. Yes. <laughs> it, it was basically the worst bands of the late 90s. <laughs> Compiled under the sun and. Okay. Yes, and you know what? It, it's funny because that wasn't really that far from the name of the actual tour, which was called Under the Sun Tour. And I always thought, man, under, uh, I just thought, Jesus, this is the worst, the worst lineup of bands you could ever have. <laughs> Seriously, these are so bad. I, I just can't believe people would actually pay money for this. <laughs> I feel bad for you. So, so what was the whole premise of this? So, music? yeah, you know, we, we got into it a little bit. We were going back and forth, me and this guy, and it, it kind of bled over to the live show, and I started talking about Sugar Ray and his band. Um, well, Sugar Ray, the band, I'm, I'm thinking of Mark McGrath. He's the guy... That's the front man for the band Sugar Ray, which is another terrible band. <laughs> you got that straight. <laughs> Fecal matter. All, all of these bands are, are feces. <laughs> Under the Fecal Matter Tour. That, that should be the name of that. So, you know, this is going on back and forth, blah, blah, blah. And he tagged, I believe, Mark McGrath, um, in our conversation and, and Mark McGrath, Mr. Red Carpet, Mark McGrath, Lo and behold, he actually 
tuned in for the program, and I believe he was triggered because um, a little later on I found out that he had blocked me on Twitter. So um, assuming that he tuned in and heard me bad-mouthing him. No kidding. Yeah, and I have a photo right now of a screenshot of, of me being blocked by Mr. Mark McGrath, Mr. Red Carpet there, <laughs> Mr. Big Man over there. Wow. So Yeah, I, I just thought that was a pretty funny story. That That's so, a pretty cool so interaction. You're, you're good at making friends, too, just like me. Oh yeah, I'm really good at making friends for sure. I'm I'm either really loved or really hated. Apparently. Yeah, it's okay. It comes with the territory. Definitely the same boat as far as that's concerned. Oh yeah. <laughs> Why do you think we get along so well, Mike? Exactly. <laughs> we are cut from the same cloth. Wow. That's that's pretty groovy, man. See, I, I don't know I I, I don't tweet, uh so I have not, I don't really understand how it works, but from what I'm understanding here, you're telling me that if someone tweets a message of some sort, they can bring in other people yes. to, to listen, to read it? Or yeah, read other, it. yeah, I could, you could tag someone's name on there and that person will read it, most likely. Sometimes they'll ignore it, and I thought this guy would ignore it, but obviously he paid uh, a good amount of attention to it. Wow. And this is the singer of of that band of Sugar Ray, yeah, Mr. Mark McGrath. Mm. Oh well, no, uh, I guess no skin off your back. No love loss. <laughs> triggered, 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 triggered. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. It was a good time, and that reminds me, Mike. During your years of endless touring. Did you ever have any of those kind of encounters with other bands where you clashed either backstage or somewhere else? And that kind of reminds me of another little story I had when I was playing in, in a punk rock band, Mike, back many, 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 many moons ago. <laughs> okay. I, I played at this little park in some little town not far from mine. Michael, before you go on, what what instrument or what did you play in the band? I played bass. Okay, so your bass player. What was the name of your band? It was called RSP. What did that stand for something? It standed for uh, quite a few different things, but l- let me just say that during that little that little uh, gig there, there were more cops than there were people that were listening. Wow. Yeah, it was really bizarre. That's an odd thing for a punk band. It was really weird to see that because here we are playing at some small public little park thing and bunch of cops everywhere. Just standing there watching us. That's bizarre. And they were just there. Were they there to to view the show or were they there as security? I think they were just there as security of some sort, but there was a lot of them. And I was wondering, we're, we're not some sort of big band. What, why is there so many damn cops here? <laughs> Either they were really bored or that town is just ridiculous. I don't know. I, I've always wondered. That's peculiar. So go on. So so what happened? What happened? You were, you were doing the show. Is that what you're going to say? That there were cops there? Yeah, that there were cops there and all that stuff. But no. But this also reminds me of going back to you know clashing with other bands and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I remember going back to another venue just closer to my town. It was some sort of um, some sort of restaurant that had some sort of stage attached to it. I, I don't know. It was another weird little venue here in my town. And we were playing with another band, and and these guys were just complete douchebags, basically. 
<laughs> and, you know, everything's going good, everything's going normal, the show ends, and, and somehow the drummer of my band somehow ends up with a few of their very expensive microphones. I'm not sure how that happened, Mike. <laughs> but it just ended up in his hands somehow. I mean, how does that happen, Mike? Do you do you know? Uh, yes, I do. I acquired a lot of equipment <laughs> <laughs> touring over the years. Oh I can't my. tell you how many microphones I ended up with, cables. Uh, That's so funny. S- speakers, microphone stands, guitar stands. So this runs this runs in the community, right? It depends on how good you are. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, I had no idea this sort of behavior went on, but apparently well, it does. Believe me, when I tell you the equipment that I ended up with, was purely by accident. I never went out of my way to steal someone else's equipment. Uh, but I, if I may just interrupt you for a moment. Sure. There was, there was a time when, uh, back in 1993, 1990, shit. I believe it was between 90 and 92, give or take. Maybe 93. Uh, we had a studio in Montclair, New Jersey. Um, uh, and, we had asked a guy to come up and, and record us live. And um, he came by, brought all this equipment. He brought a mixing board, monitor speakers, all these microphones, cable. I mean, suitcases of cables. Uh, what else? Uh, just a plethora of equipment. And so we recorded for about, an, I guess, about a night. One night we recorded for about six hours. And he left. He's like, all right, look, I got to go. I'll be back. Uh, we made a date for like, I don't know, a couple days later. And when that next couple days later came, he calls me up. He's like, look, I can't make it tonight. I'll call you when I can get there. And after that, like the guy never called me back. And I would call him. And I, I, I was calling this guy like every day. Hey, your equipment is in my studio. You know, come get it. This went on for like three months. He <laughs> He never came to pick it up, and then eventually we ended up getting kicked out of our studio, so oh. I just took all the stuff with me, and I never got in touch with the guy again. So I acquired all this equipment, but honestly, it's not like I stole it. He just never got back to me. Then then we had a drummer. We had this guy, Joey, who used to live with me at one point, um, the whole band. We used to all live together at one point, and uh, the drummer – Ended up moving out, left his entire kit at my house uh, with, like, carrying cases and all, like, a, a whole pearl kit. Uh, like, I don't know how many years I had it. <laughs> That's so funny. The, the hardware, the symbols, everything. Mm-hmm. And, like, he just never – I called this guy every day for, like, two months. Come get your shit or I'm going to go leave it on the lawn. Never came. Never came. Wow. Wonder never, why. Never came because he was a, a flake. He was a total flake. But he left his equipment behind. That's right. That's 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 what he did. That's strange. Yep. And you know, um, you know, drummers, by the way, are very hard to come by, especially down here. That is true. And you know why? Because when you sit behind an instrument that you bang really loud, it makes you go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it is? Because <laughs> <That's> what it is. <laughs> you know, I've talked about this a bunch of times on the show that drummers are are usually insane. Yes, they are. <laughs> Why are they so crazy? I don't get it. I told you, if you sit behind they're, they're so, that you're beating. They're That's goddamn why. insane, all of them. They're always crazy, I'm not sure. No more crazier than singers, I'll tell you that. Oh, that's a whole different can of worms there. <laughs> you know, Mike, speaking of singers, 
And I hate to bring this up once again. Uh-oh. Yeah, once again, I hate to bring this up. But, you know, I, I always I always like to remind you about this little story that I, I encountered um, Michael Graves randomly. Okay. You know, I ran into him. Yeah, now when you say you ran into him, like, what, on the street or at a show or something? Yeah, well, in the street, yeah. Near a in restaurant, your, yeah. In your town? Yeah, in my town. I think he was going to San Diego. Okay. And, yeah, I, I randomly see him, and I, and I say, Michael Graves, is, is that you? And, <laughs> you know, he stops, smiles, and like I said, he was all nice and all that. Um, You know, I wanted to bring him on the program, but then I thought, you know, that's probably not a good idea. And also, I don't think he would ever be on here because I, I honestly believe later on he did hear our, our interviews, Mike, and I think definitely someone um shared those with him. Yeah, that's possible. Ask me if I care. Mike, do you <laughs> care, Mike? I couldn't give a crap. Yeah, I just I just randomly saw some ad thing come up right now about that band, and um it's probably because I was looking for photos of you to use. And, uh-huh. you know, usually when you type your name, you usually get footage uh, of you and, and the band The Misfits, live live shots. Yeah, um, there's, you know, some of that's out. There's been a lot of it lately. Uh, I've noted ever since my, my, my book was reissued, well, ever since I reissued my book. Um, there's more video. Yeah. I noticed that. There's been a couple of videos that are out. Some of them are mine. Some of them are... <laughs> Uh, from other people that have had the, the bootlegs that are out there. Um, I, I've got, I've got a, when I went on tour for South America, I'm sorry, for Europe, um, I had a friend of mine who had a friend of his, like contact somebody in every, every country that we were in and practically every country that we played at, uh, somebody videotaped it for me. So yeah, there's, there's some footage there on, on YouTube I haven't seen before. Yeah, I saw one today actually my myself um somebody had posted it up so I actually put it on my my fan page. Oh wow. There's a few out there. I uh, I I've been meaning to actually go through some of my um video catalog of early and e- and even later Empire Hideous uh shows. I have been searching for a song that I I used, <laughs> that I used to play live um that I I I can't seem to find it, um, but I know it's recorded somewhere on one of the shows that I played. So I I wanted to record it and then you know put it up online. Um, unfortunately, I have to I've got like I must have like 200 videotapes with with uh, you know shows on them, and you know to to go through each and every single one is quite it's quite taxing. Yeah, that's quite a task. Mm-hmm. A long task. And speaking of music. You know, I don't really talk to you much about the other band you were in, Spy Society 99. Okay. Yeah, well, let's get into that a little bit here. We we don't really ever discuss that, and there is a specific track called Where Have You Been that mm. I play on here all the time, and people go nuts when they find out it's you singing, Mike. Mm-hmm. They're like, really? No, no kid, that's really my kid, is singing. And I say, of course, that's him. If you only knew who that song is about. Really? Mm-hmm. I want to know now. <laughs> now I got to know. Well, um, I don't know if I should say it. Oh, no. But let me think about it. I'll let you know if I could, if I, if I should even say it. I don't know if it would get me in trouble or not, but, um. Oh, really? 
It's actually two people who have um, a very um, who who have not been a, a, a good guiding light in my life. It's not it's not Jerry or Doyle or Chud from the Misfits, but it's closely related to that. And another oh, person really? I also worked with. It's about two guys, young guys, and um, yeah, that's what that song is about. It's about the two of them. I know that. Nah, not many people do. It's a great song, by the way. Thank you very much. Uh, the, the band Spy Society, um, right after I got out of the Misfits uh, stint, which was only a, a few months, um, as soon as I got out, which was in, oh, when was that? Ju- late July 1998, uh, I immediately started up a band called Spy Society 99, also known as SS99. Mm-hmm. And when I first started it, I had no idea what direction I was going to take. I just needed to start a band right away. And the first show we ever did, we basically did Empire Hideous Covers uh, acoustic style. And our first performance was at the CBGB's Gallery in New York City, of course. Really? Yep. Yeah, and it's, um, you know, that's kind of a different take on things. And Spy Society 99 has a different style of music, in my opinion. Of course, of course. So that's and kind as of I said... As I said, there was no direction. I didn't know what Spy mm-hmm. Society was going to become. Uh, so we basically just did a show doing cover songs of Empire Hideous. Uh, and then there, uh, thereafter, um, let's see, that was in, I think that was in mid to late August or maybe September. And then a few months later, I began working with a guitarist by the name of Joe Pla. And he helped me put together all the songs that I had written, uh, and we, we formed a new style. It's like, all right, this is the idea I want. I want, want it to be like, uh, the image. I want, you know, I want to look like a spy. We're going to wear suits and ties, pull our hair back, wear black sunglasses, you know, look sharp. And then the music was an influence of, uh, an influence of everything from jazz to swing to the old crooners. Um, and you know, stuff of that nature, like some people classify it as a touch of like rockabilly, gothabilly, psychabilly with jazz and, you know, it it was that influence and, um, it was good. Thank you. And you know, from there we just, I just started writing more with Joe and we, we, we came up with an entire set. And uh, unfortunately that was all we ever came up with. We had like 11 songs and that was the only (laughs) 11 songs we ever played. Um, and you know, we began to play out and I'll tell you not to brag, but the crowd ate it up. They loved it. And, um, I, I'm, I can honestly say it's one of my favorite projects. I, I would have to say it seemed fun. Yeah. Oh, it was so much fun. And the, the thing that I liked about it more so than empire hideous was that all I had to do was show up in some cases, do a sound check and in other cases, just put my suit and tie on, get dressed, get on stage and sing. Whereas when I did Empire Hideous, I did everything from, uh, you know, uh, setting up the equipment to setting up the merchandise table, uh, you know, doing the stage, putting all the props up on stage. I mean, it was such a hassle to do Empire Hideous. There was such a theatric involved. So doing Spy Society was actually quiet. Will you please? Doing Empire Hideous was actually, um, it was a strain, uh, but doing Spy Society was a relief because all I had to do was just really get up there and rock out, and that was it. 
the only prop I bought was brought to the show was a a, a bottle of champagne. Hmm. Sounds sweet and simple. It was very simple. You know, we we had this thing. We we would start out. The drummer would walk on stage first. He'd start playing drums, and then the bass player would walk on stage. He'd start playing the bass, and then the guitar player would get on stage. He'd start playing the guitar, and then I'd walk on stage. And while they were playing the song, the the opening song, I was cracking open a bottle of champagne and pouring it into four glasses for each one of us. Oh, I love that. And then I would place the glasses, and then we would we would start the song. And then we would go from the first song into the second song. And after we finished the second song, we stopped. We took a break. We all took we all took our champagne, chugged it down, and then we would each person we would pick before the show. All right, who's going to get hit with the champagne glasses after we're done? And it was either the drummer, or the guitar player, or the bass player, or me. And then we would chug our, our our champagne, and then we'd throw the champagne glass at whoever whoever's uh, turn it was that night. Mm, that sounds like fun. <laughs> it was fucking great. I had such a good time doing that sh- that uh, that band. I think Captain wants a little champagne. <laughs> Do you know my my bird drinks wine? <laughs> really? Yeah. The bird loves the wine. Yep. My girlfriend would would um, she would uh, you know pour herself a glass of wine, and since he is such a mooch and always wants to drink or eat what you have, um, she would hold the glass up and he would drink wine. It was quite amusing that actually. I never saw him drunk, but. Yeah, he's on my arm right now looking at this microphone saying, damn, I want to eat that expensive microphone. He probably wants to stand on it first. Yeah, that or the grid over the uh, the mic itself. Oh, yeah, that part. Yep. I'm sure he would probably find that comfortable right there. Yeah, after he tears it apart. <laughs> you know, speaking of of uh, girlfriends and that sort of thing, I, I know that's a, a very... um. Very sensitive subject for many people, and here on this program, I don't like to shy away from most topics. And of course, the ever so popular love and hate um, relationships men and women have. And of course, I have a, an interesting story about that. A former coworker of mine, uh, Mike, basically they got involved in, in, in drugs and alcohol with with their significant other. Okay. And I, I guess. This went on for a while, and, and eventually they got into it, and he tried to kill himself over her. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's really remarkable. I had no idea any of this um, occurred, but apparently it did, and I feel pretty terrible about that, even though I, I've lost communication with, with my buddy there. But um, So this was a friend Jesus. of yours? Uh, well, co-worker, friend... Sort of thing. I, I mean, I'm not that close to him, but I, it is terrible. It, it's always a bit of a bummer to hear about that sort of thing. It is, and and you know, if I may ask, what type of uh, substance abuse was he using? Well, there was cocaine involved, and uh, there was some sort of other drug. I'm not sure what which one which one it was, but of course there was the pill popping that was going on too. Okay. And this was a result of the girl, like yes. She was, so she was doing it first, and he got into it. I think I think that's what happened. That's she was already a bad influence, and he went down that route. Ah, oh, that's too bad. And just basically corrupted his mind, in other words, because he was never like that before. You know, Michael, um, love is blind. Uh, oh, it really is. I know. It, it is very blind, and. 
people become um and I, I I can speak from Oh Mike, let me let me tell you, he he tried to well, he did actually. He drove his car off the interstate there. Oh my goodness. He survived though. What a mess, right? Wow, what a shame, man. He must have really been in an abusive relationship of some sort. Or, no one the, saw the drugs. that. No one saw that coming. Wow. It's really crazy. Young guy. Young guy. Yeah, that's usually how it happens. They, you know, the younger they are, they get more in. Uh, they're um, a lot of younger people are. What am I trying to say here? They they get influenced to do more damage to themselves. I think the older you get, the more you realize that. If something doesn't work out, you, you, you ultimately have to face it. Um, but you know what? I, I don't want to be a hypocrite because I, I've walked down that road many times and I know what it's like. I, I, I've had my share of drugs. Uh, I was, I was hooked on drugs for a couple of years back in the early part of 2000. And, um, sure. And you, you haven't shied away from that. You've always been honest about that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, you know, I kept it quiet for years. Um, Understood. Yeah. But in 2000, uh, 2011 or 10, when I did that film with that idiot, um, did I say that? I'm sorry. Paul? When I, when I, <laughs> when I did that film, yeah. uh, yeah, with that guy. Yeah, you know, let, let's backtrack a little bit. Let, let's talk about that in, in a moment here. All right. Well, if, if I may just say go on, ahead, on the ahead. subject of, of the whole love and hate thing. Yeah, go ahead. Um, you know, I, 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 I had my share of drugs that I did, but it, it did actually interfere with, with a, a relationship that I had at the time and a girl left me because of it. Um, but what I'm trying to get at is, you know, love is blind and, and when you're involved in a relationship, be you a man or a woman, um, it, it, depending on how much emotion you invest into your relationship, meaning how much faith and hope and everything that you put into the, the your significant other depends, it, you then have to worry about what you're going to get out of it because if you put in so much and see that you're not getting enough back in return, that's when the um the problems begin because you 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 feel that you're not getting enough out of your relationship you feel like you're putting in too much and the other person isn't yeah and it can and as i said it can go both ways it's not, sure yeah it's not one person or the other it's it's both ways and unfortunately uh we tend to put ourselves through some very bad is that kitty oh my god like, yeah that was the that was the bird and the cat is now meowing is the cat hungry? The cat is old and he's, um. Does the cat want to attack Captain? No, he's just looking for attention. He's a very old cat. He's, he's kind of sick and, oh, um. Oh no. He just cries a lot after he goes to the bathroom. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> but anyway, long story short, I'll, I'll, I'll stop this now. But what I was going to say is that, um, uh, the things I've noticed today in a lot of the younger generation who, younger generations and their, uh, relationships is that there's a loss of social values and that comes from text messaging and computers and PlayStation and not being able to communicate with those who you are dating. Yeah, uh, I understand completely and I agree. Dating is a whole new thing yeah. now with social media and it's, it's social it, media. It could destroy everything. 
It pisses me off. Oh my goodness. No, no end. You have no idea how much I hate text messaging and Facebook. Uh, I, if, if I didn't have to be on Facebook to promote the things that I promote for, you know, my music or my art or something, I, believe me, I wouldn't be on. I, I absolutely hate it. It is, it is such a pain in the ass and, and more people, well, let's face it, everybody's on Facebook. Sure. Everybody. Yeah. Um, lots of people are. It is. They are. And, and it's just, <laughs> I'm sorry, but I just can't see how so many younger people are so enticed by it that that's how they communicate just by texting or Facebook. They, oh, it's so, it's so annoying because there's no social values left and people don't realize in order to communicate with other people, you have to know how to socialize, and you can't fucking socialize if you're sitting here with a fucking phone, a, a cell phone, text messaging a person across the room. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, there's, there's no way you can communicate with someone like that. No, I certainly have my issues with it, but uh, that's a whole. Other I, I agree, though. I understand. Yeah, that's um, a lot of people are attached to that for sure. Mm-hmm. We we all are attached to certain technologies, sure. So yeah, you know that that puts a whole different dynamic in relationships, social media, um, all these online dating websites, and and so forth. Oh, oh my gosh! And it goes on and on and on. And, and you know, you know, the thing is, like, it, it, I I look at some of the text messages that I, that I have to deal with sometimes, and like, I look, you know, it's like thirty text messages in one con- like communication, and I'm like. Geez, man, I could have picked up the phone and talked for five minutes. And exactly. You know, I rather have taken thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. I rather talk on the phone than than send a text message. To be honest, why would you? It's though? just I a mean, lot better, in my opinion. You get you the, can get your point you across. Convey, yeah, you can convey the message much more reliable, much more clear. And on, on top of that, there's no there's no curiosity on whether that person is being sarcastic. Rude, obnoxious, uh, emotional, because when you hear someone speak, you know exactly what that, what they mean, yes. Right, what they mean, what the characters have, what character they have, what emotions they're having. Text messages have gotten me in more, in more trouble than you can possibly imagine. (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat, sure. I, I absolutely dread it. It's just such a pain in the ass. I mean, I, you know, there are some good aspects to it. Don't get me wrong, but to have a conversation by text is absolutely annoying to me. It's just so annoying. Yeah. Are you a, there? Yeah, I'm here. It's a, <laughs> I thought it's I lost a, it. No, I'm still here. It's a, it's a bit of a, uh, a, a bit of a drag there nowadays to have to read so many of these, these useless text messages. Yep. It's much better to talk. It is. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, if you're communicating with somebody. F- for example, like when I contact you every so often, it's like, hey, Mike, what are you doing? I got a package I'm sending to you or you know, just a simple, hey, how you doing? That's that's all you need. I don't need to call you up and say, hey, uh, I was just thinking about you, Mike. You know, you want to tell me what's going on? It, you know, there's no reason for me to call you. So there are some good aspects for text messaging. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but to have entire conversations on them is just it just really annoys me. Yeah, it's just too much. It gets, it gets too much. Yeah, it's just, I, it, come on I got now, these, you know? I got these big silly thumbs and like I can't, I can't quite find the, the text messages, uh, the, the, the letters on the, on the little tiny keyboard that I gotta, I gotta press to, ah.
let's move on. For sure. For sure. <laughs> well, let's move on away from the nonsense that is social media and, of course, uh, MySpace, the old relics of yesteryear. Do you remember that? <laughs> I sure do. Oh, boy, did Jesus I like that one. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that was good old, good old MySpace. That days. always reminds me of, of 90s websites for some odd reason. Those Angel, Angel Fire hosted websites, GeoCities, those generic websites with all the little GIFs going off and music automatically playing everywhere. Yep, yep. Ooh, oh that's, my gosh. that's gross, right? Yeah, I, I, I you gross, know, I can- Gross, gross, gross. I can be very honest with you, Michael, I am not- I am not a savvy person when it comes to the internet and or computers or electronics. Uh, and when I say electronics, I mean computers. <laughs> I was born behind the computer, so, you know, my, my knowledge is rather strange when it comes to the computer. I, I've done plenty of, um, plenty of good and bad things behind the computer. <laughs> oh yeah. The only things I can do on computer are uh, work on Photoshop to make my photographs and my artwork look nice and, uh, go on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. And check my email. That's about it. <laughs> but yeah, but you, you had a, a, a web, you had a, a MySpace page, right? For your band? I did for, okay. for a while back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Years ago. Okay. That's. You, you had to, right? Everyone did. I think, I think even my old band is still on there too. Um, I need to send you those. I need to send you those songs so you could, you could check that out. They're, they're kind of funny. I, I, I would love to actually. I'd love to hear your stuff. But are you telling me that MySpace is still out there? I think it's still a thing. I think it still might exist. I remember they had tried to bring it back several years ago, but I didn't know that they kept up with it because honestly, I thought Facebook just buried it. No, I, I clicked MySpace.com and it's still up. Yeah, there you go. But who's who's getting on there though? Uh, not me. <laughs> not me either. Who the hell uses that though? That's, That's what a I'm good wondering. Question. Anybody out there you still use MySpace? If you do, call us in and let us know what it's like. Seriously, <laughs> that's a wild one. That's like. Going back to AOL, basically. I still have AOL. <laughs> oh no, do you, Mike? That, that still was, exists? That was my, yeah, that was my first, um, that was my first email account was mm. AOL. In fact, I have three email accounts with AOL. I, I, do you know, I just tried deleting one the other day and I can't delete it. I have no idea how to delete my account. You can't delete what? Sorry, I missed that. I can't delete my AOL account. Oh, you can. Why not? Um, well, I looked it up, I Googled it, like how do you delete your AOL account? So the instructions come up, it says, okay, go to the menu on the right side or something, I don't know, and it says click on this, and I clicked on it, and it says, okay, when you click on this, you're going to see that, and when you see that, do this. So when I went, hold on a second, Captain, you need to chill out or I'm going to squirt you with this squirt gun. There you go. Um, I think you might like that. Yeah, yeah, he hates it. Oh, uh, never mind. Okay, so, uh, that was I just saying. You, you were talking about the relics of yesteryear. <laughs> that means you don't know either. <laughs> I'm still laughing about MySpace uh, and how, um, I guess the guy Tom, do you remember him? 
Tom who? From where? From what? MySpace. He was he was everyone's quote unquote friend. Oh, that's right. He's the guy who invented it. Right, right. Yeah. Do you remember? I don't think he owns it anymore. Oh, I don't know. He, he, I, I, I don't think he does. He must have sold that thing for plenty of money. I think he did, and I, I think it was a smart thing because it, once yeah. Facebook came up, it, it murdered was, It them. tanked. It, yeah. That it, thing it tanked right away. And, and speaking of which, um, Napster, do you remember Napster? Do you remember I, all of that? I do, I do. I was very pissed at Napster. You too. were pissed off? You were yeah. like Lars? Well, um, I mean, they had my stuff up for sale too. And I mean, like. Oh, really? I struggled to get my independent music out and here they are selling it and making money off it. This generation will, will never know the pain of downloading an MP3 with a 56K modem. <laughs> They'll never know oh, the pain. I, I know what we were talking about. We were talking about AOL. AOL, yes. AOL. The whole little, Uh-oh. you got mail, that whole little setup there. Right. Uh, let me just finish by saying. Go ahead. I tried canceling my account and the instructions that were on, on Google and, and online actually didn't match up with the screen that it was telling me. Like, so every time he said, all right, click on this, I would. And then when they said, look for something, that something wasn't there. So I can't delete my goddamn account. Mm, that's rubbish. It is. <laughs> that's rubbish. <laughs> yeah. Like a, I spoke like a, a Brit there. Like a Brit. <laughs> You know, AOL used to be owned by the Saudi Arabians. Ooh, and, uh, yeah, when they Saudi first started, money. they made a lot of money off that. That pee on you money. That pee on you money. <laughs> right, mm-hmm. right. And uh, yeah, I don't th- those guys are freaks, by the way. Those Saudi princes out there. I- I'm probably gonna get in trouble for saying that, but they um they pay lots of money to bring them in, and then of course they um they degrade them very badly. Wait, wait a minute, I'm a little confused. Who are we talking about now? The Saudis? Yes. The Saudi princes out there. They hire these women, um, women of the night, very high end women there. Okay. And they bring them over and, and lots of times they urinate and defecate on them. Really? Well, that's just not kidding. Whole, that's just their whole respect for it's, women. That's their whole respect for women, of course. And you could yeah. look all this up. This isn't some sort of secret. I mean, there's lots of women who go out there to Dubai and they, they get, uh, they get, um, lots and lots of cash. Wow. Go yeah. You up. know what? I look would not doubt that one bit, Michael. I'm not lying. I, I like to go with the facts here. I, I, that's a pretty hardcore fact, man. I'll tell you that. They're dropping some heavy ones here, but you could look it up for yourself, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. And by the way, Tom from, um, MySpace, he sold it for, Five hundred and eighty million. Oh, don't you just hate people like that? I want to punch him in his mouth. <laughs> He's got that face. I want to drop kick him in the neck. <laughs> oh, that would be good. That'd be great. But he's living a great life now. You you can't hate the guy. No, you know you're right. You know you gotta what? love you're him. Right. I can't. I can't. Gotta love him. You know this goes back to a political issue. Now there are people out there saying that. Certain individuals, whoever they may be, shouldn't get X amount of money. Like, in other words, they shouldn't make X amount of money. For example, um, anybody who makes, like, you know, a billion dollars, they want to redistribute the wealth. That was the whole Obama thing. Why is it that a person who works their tail off, like, say, uh, anybody from Macintosh or Bill Gates or... 
um, anybody for that matter who's a billionaire. Sure. What, what is it that people think that these people shouldn't have the money that they themselves have earned? That's a good question. You know, I, you know, I'm all about capitalism. All right. Don't, don't yeah, even think I'm sure. not. Because that's what makes this country great. That's what keeps the world going around. And by limiting people on how much they can make and or redistributing their wealth to others, that's not fair. Michael, if you invented something, all right, let's say you put a patent. Let, let's say, for example, your last name was Edison and you invent your great, great, great grandfather invented the light bulb. Right. That family is friggin' rich. Do you think oh, that it's fair enough? Yeah. Do you think it's fair enough to say that, well, they make too much money, um, even though they invented the white, uh, the white, the light bulb, um, they shouldn't be making so much money and their, their wealth should be redistributed to those who don't have it. Why? Why? So some lazy fuck who doesn't want to get a job and collect welfare all his life and get, you know, be on food stamps and not do anything is going to collect free money? Yeah, that's not good. That's not right. It really isn't. I mean, you know, I'm no rich guy by any means. Am I rich? I have, I have very little, okay? I, I barely get by. But the fact is, I'm not going to hold it against some billionaire or even a millionaire to say, look, you owe me money because you make too much. That's just ludicrous. It, that's, that's pathetic. It really so, is. And speaking of religion, Mike, um, we, we talked a little bit about that here on the show and, it seems to be one of those subjects that it, it triggers lots of folks and lots of Christian listeners out there. And, of course, we even have a couple Muslim listeners who, who catch the show, which is kind of surprising. Yeah, they probably hate me, I'll tell you that. Oh, they listen to you, Mike. <laughs> well, then let's talk about what's going on. What do you want to talk about concerning the current public, uh, the current... Uh, well, uh, well, before we, affairs. You, you know, before we go into anything that's current, I thought we could talk a little bit about that after the break. Um, but before we get into the current stuff, I do want to backtrack to, you know, when you first were corrupted by religion. <laughs> you know, I think that's a cute story. Um, let's get back into a little bit about that first before we travel into what's current today in, in society and, um, Everything that that's current right now, of course, politics and the coming war that, of course, is brewing. Absolutely. War is imminent. Absolutely. In fact, I think we are in a civil war right now. You might be right. Mm-hmm. There, there's lots to get into. But, of course, let, let's handle all of that after the break. But right. let's first talk about religion. Um, you, your parents really thought. Their their little angel was gonna become uh, some sort of what exactly? What what do they think you were gonna be, Mike? Uh, well, oh geez, um, when I was a young boy, <clears throat> like pre teenager, I think I think my parents had the idea that I was gonna follow in my second oldest brother's footsteps. Now he went to college. Uh, he was the president of student council in high school. You know he. he um, he did well for himself. He's got his own business. You know, he's a smart guy. And I, I, I you know, I respect my brother. Uh, my older brother, on the I, other oh, hand. Oh, Mike, I forgot you had brothers. Yeah, two older I brothers. I forgot all about that. So my oldest brother, who uh, was into rock and roll, long hair, you know, the whole 
I wouldn't say hippie, but definitely a, the rocker from was, the 70s. Was he your music influence? He kind well, of was the guy? That, that's just what I was going to say. Ah. I took my influence from each one of my brothers because my oldest brother was into rock and roll, but my second oldest brother was into classical music and went to, went to college to become what they call a music major, a guy who conducts the orchestra. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. So I'm a lover of classical and, and the, and the classics like, you know, Chopin and, uh, Tchaikovsky and, 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 uh, that oddly makes Mozart. so much sense to me now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then, and then my oldest brother was into Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, Black, Black Sabbath. So I got the best of both worlds. And, you know, I, I have a, a huge collection of classical CDs as well as rock and roll. Um, so anyway, so that was my brothers. Uh, what I was getting at is my, my parents, I think, wanted me to go to college and wanted me to become a veterinarian. Uh, not a vegetarian, <laughs> a veterinarian. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I was into animals when I was a kid, so they thought I was going to go to college and they put me in this, this, this religion, uh, this Catholic school and I really wasn't, I really wasn't into it. I, I had no desire to go to college. I had no desire to go to high school. <laughs> and, uh. Did you become yeah. truant, Mike, like I did? And not so much truant as I just, you know, in, I became in, true at Mike. I was a bad boy. It, were you? Not, not me. I, I was a little, bad. I was a little bit bad, Mike, but I found ways to, um, get away with it due to the fact that somehow this, um, this little thing called a trip slip, um, that teachers had in their desk where, ah. you know, students, they, they write these things out and, and the student can go home if they had the teacher's signature on it and, I just, Let me guess, you stole those pads. Uh, Mike, well, they just happened to end up in my backpack somehow. I'm not sure how that happened. But I don't know how that happened. I, I mean, I don't know. And, of course, I don't know how it happened, Mike, that I, I became some sort of an expert in, in writing someone else's signature on those things. And um, I sort of got away with having to sign myself out of school every now and then. That's amazing. See, I never did that. I was a, I was a good boy. I was I, a, Yeah, I'm a good boy too, Mike, but I like to bend <laughs> the rules every now and then. Sure you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the thing is for me, I, I never really, I mean, by, by the time I hit, alright, so, so, for the first two years I went to Catholic school. I never did anything wrong. I think I had like two fights the whole time I was there. Um, you were scrapping, I a, Mike? I was a, yeah. You were scrapping I, I was, boys? A little bit. I didn't become more of a fighter until I went to um, a public school because I got kicked out of Catholic school in sophomore year. Oh, my. Yeah. Basically, I told a, a nun uh, to eat shit or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, Mike. Why would you do such a thing? I know. How I dare you? That. How goddamn but dare you? The the other thing was that I told uh, my English teacher uh, to fuck off in an essay I wrote. You, you he, told the teacher to fuck off in an essay? Well, he, yeah, because he wanted me to write this essay that I felt was extremely racist. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, the topic was, he was like, okay, I want you to write an essay about why black fighters are better than white fighters. Oh. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? What was that all about? Eh, well, I wrote this letter. I was like, I wrote this essay. I was like, who the fuck do you think you are saying why black fighters are better than white fighters? That, that's just fucking bullshit. Um, and of course I got kicked out for that. And, um, 
by junior year, I went to a, a public school called John F. Kennedy. And believe me, that was a rough school. I was the minority. That's just that weird that they would make you write something like that, though. Well, believe me, I, that's why I got kicked out because I was so, I was so insulted. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a white, I'm a white Caucasian person. I'm a Italian American uh, background and, uh, I took great offense to that. Who was this teacher, if you don't mind me asking? His name was Mr. Rizzo. <laughs> Mr. Rizzo. Mr. Rizzo, this little shrimp that used to just irritate the shit out of me, man. He was just this, liberal little pussy that you know oh you know always trying to tell me that you know the the minorities were better than this and better than that and i'm like that's just bullshit man. You, you can't teach like that so i wrote them i wrote this essay which was just horrible and I'll, I'll never forget the day you know i handed it in after we did it i handed it in and then the next day i go back into class and uh he's like mike see me after class uh-oh <laughs> And, you know, he sits me down, he, he pulls out the essay, and he's like, what's this? And I'm like, what's this? You're what's a racist this, is what it is. <laughs> so, needless to say, I got kicked out. And anyway, I went to I went to a, a, another school like that called John F. Kennedy in Patterson, New Jersey. And that was a rough school, man. I I, I had fights constantly. Where was Mr. School. What happened to Mr. Rizzo, by the way? I'm curious. Oh, who knows? Who cares? Is he dead? I don't think he's dead. He's probably a couple years older than I am. Um, he was just a goofball, you know. He's just this little dorky little goofball who uh, who I didn't like. Total liberal. I see. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he would probably um, get away with that sort of thing today just fine. That's right. Hey, let me ask you a question, Michael. Uh, 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 Maybe maybe you can't answer it, but do you have like a background? Are you democratic? Are you liberal? Are you politically correct? What, what, or do you have any of those aspects of you? Because I no. certainly don't want to insult yeah. you. If no, I no, not at all. I, I actually used to be a registered Green Party member, to be honest with you. But now Green I, party. I okay. sure. But now I don't follow any any political party at all. I'm not affiliated with any group. Um, I, I kind of hate everyone equally nowadays. Neither do I. Because, do I. you know, when you get older, you become cynical. And, That's right. And I'm quite cynical myself already in, in, in my years, in my young years of existence. I've already gone to that point where I just don't give a shit about any of these parties. I, I think they're all parasites, and I think they're all criminals. That's right. And, and uh, you know... And it scares the hell out of people that, that I say these things. I'm sure it jeopardizes many people's opinions about me personally because... Um, most yeah, but people you can't like let that to, get you. you oh, can't I, let that oh, get I, you. I don't give a shit if if they like me or not. <laughs> Fuck them. You know, I don't really care. <laughs> well, let me tell you, for for about twenty, almost twenty five years, almost twenty five years, I was a politically correct liberal Democrat, and for years I was always trying to be the politically correct guy who, you know, didn't. Um, I, you know, I, I tried not to offend uh, uh, any minorities or anything like that. And then one year in uh, May 2012, I yeah, got people jumped. People are going to be offended about everything. You, know, you just really can't win, Mike. No, I disagree. I disagree. Really? But I'm, uh, yeah, and I'll tell you why. Oh, go ahead. What I have noticed um, lately, particularly, is that the Liberal Party, Liberal Democrat Party, has gone 
overboard. They cannot accept the fact that Donald Trump is now our president and leader and they are causing – well, look what happened in Berkeley. I mean they, they almost burned the goddamn school yeah, there was writing. some guy was going to talk. Matt Milo, he was going yeah. out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, when Obama won the election in 2008, I didn't go out in the streets with the Republican Party and flip cars, break windows, and set places on fire. Or did I threaten anybody who was black and said, you voted for uh, Obama, we're going to beat your ass. No, we didn't do that. Nobody did that. But I didn't like that son of a bitch. I didn't like him one bit, and I don't like him now. I think he was a traitor. I think he had ties to the Muslim Brotherhood. I think he had ties to uh, the, the Pakistan, Iraq. I mean, this guy, I don't trust him as far as you could throw him across the Atlantic Ocean. But aside from that, what I was getting at is I think that times have changed. The liberal Democrat Party has become a violent group of thugs. And I can't understand why they are so uptight. When Obama won, for example, did you hear what happened today? A federal judge stopped the ban on the immigrant uh, ban yes the, the seven well countries, seven countries seven yes well i had now, that yeah know, we'll talk a little bit about Obama that yes did that when he was president he did the exact same thing nobody said nothing then he did a lot of things that a lot of people didn't say anything then of course not because every time he did if somebody disagreed with him what did he do he pulled the race card oh you're racist everybody was racist to him i think a lot of people pull that card nowadays mike it's pathetic. It's pathetic. I mean, I'm sorry. Trump is not a racist. When Oprah Winfrey used to have him on the show, was he racist then? When he was on Saturday Night Live all the time, was he racist then? When he was on the Montel, um, uh, what's his name, Montel Williams? When he was on his show, was he racist then? No. All of a sudden, the guy has some, has some things that he wants to do for the, the American people who voted him in. He tries to protect the country, and all of a sudden they claim him to be a racist, a homophobe, uh, you know, sexist. Look, he said some things about women. Come on, Michael. Have you not ever said something like that, like what he said about grabbing a woman's private sure. parts or, or something to that sure. effect? Sure. I mean, I, I, I have to live with that almost every day. I, someone uses my words against me all the time. Right. Let me From tell things you. Things I've said a- years ago, many years ago, I've said outrageous things that still get that still gets brought up today. So yeah. you know, I understand that sort of thing. You know, when when I was in a band, when I was in Empire Hideous, and I used to hang out, even if I wasn't with the band, and I just went to hang out at a club or something. I used to see the gays and you know the homosexuals and the transvestites and the drag queens. I knew a lot of them. They were my friends. I had no problems with them. Do I think they needed their own bathroom? No. Um, do I think that... That's another thing I'm going to ask you about when we return from the break here. Well, if I may just finish it. Sure, what I'm go trying ahead. to say yeah. is that all of a sudden, everybody's jumping up and saying Trump is this, Trump is that. Trump is, Trump is from New York City. Do you really think the guy grew up to be a homophobic... Uh, sexist, racist. I mean, come on. You know, I, I was, I was literally five miles away. F- I lived five miles away from the Holland Tunnel. I used to be in New York City constantly. As I said, I was a politically correct liberal Democrat, but I still knew right from wrong. You were a Democrat, Mike? I was a tw- Democrat for 20. How does that happen, Mike? 
I well, mean, I was really, young, uh, you know, the girl I was dating at the time who ended up becoming oh, my wife. Oh, I then. see. She converted you. She converted me. She converted. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I and I now. remained that way for all those years. And then in May 2012, I got jumped by three black guys who beat the friggin' crap out of me, called me every racist name in the book. And they, they beat me up because I was white. And that's when I stopped being a Democrat, a, a politically correct Democrat. I do have to say, I've never liked Donald Trump, to be honest with you. It's always, I know you don't. It's just because he's sort of been in the media for, for so long. And every time I've seen him, I've just been repulsed, to be honest with you. I'm not sure why. Okay. It's just, I, I don't know what it is about him. I've just never really liked the guy for, for some reason. I don't, I don't hate him or anything like that. You know what, it's Michael? Just, it's uh, always been a weird, you know, it's just been, it's been weird. You know, I've seen him when I was a kid, when he was involved with pro wrestling, and I just, for some reason, I just never liked him. And it, and it always reminds me of, um, back in 2005, I believe. I, I, it, it brings me back to, for some reason, when I, when I think about him, I, I think of 2005, the, the, um, reality, that reality TV era. Right, right. That's that's what I think about every time I think about Donald Trump. I think of VH1. Okay. I think of the surreal life. I'm not sure why. But but you know it's what I'm so going to say here is that's fine. That's your opinion. Yeah, it's just my but opinion. I are, mean, are I don't, you going to are you going to go out hold and that. Like, destroy property no. because you don't like him? Of course not. Exactly. That's my point. Sure. We can be, we can be civilized adults here and disagree with a a candidate that you don't like. Sure. But, but, but but Mike, I don't like any of these people. (laughs) So I mean, and and I agree with you. Politics are bastards. They're corrupt. Sure. But he was not a politician. That's why I liked him. And ironically, I love talking politics, by the way. I know you. It's, do. In, it's always interesting to me. I, I I have to know what's going on with with every side. That's right, it's and it's good to know that. It's bit of an obsession of mine. But uh, I don't. I no longer listen to the mainstream media. Uh, I think CNN is a disgrace, um, and I, not just because of what they did recently to Trump with that whole sex thing in, in Russia, but all the shit that they did throughout the campaign. Well, what's going on with that, by the way? Has there been any new? Uh, stories about that, the whole Russia and him urinating on prostitutes. Is that? It was fake. It was fake. It was totally fake. They, in fact, I was listening to another radio show. They actually interviewed the guy who did it. Really? Yeah. He said that we only did it as a goof. He said, number one, he said, and we wanted to see what type, what the, what the Democrat side would do had we released this. And they did exactly what they, we thought they would. I actually would have liked Donald Trump if, if that would have been true, because then I would have said <laughs> me and him actually have something in common. We both have urinated on people before. <laughs> Except he, you know, if, if the, the story were true, he would have urinated on a prostitute. And in my case, I actually urinated on, on a homeless man. <laughs> sure. I, I mean, I'm, it's not something I'm proud of, and it's not something I lie Why about. Why not? I mean, well, Mike, I, I was at a punk concert back in the day, having a good time. I was drinking the 40 ounce back in the day. Um, I got obliterated one day. The beer, the, the, the drink of choice for punk rock. There you go, Mike. You know what I was doing? I was, <laughs> I was, I was going hard, Mike. So, say. you know, I drank the 40 ounce and I, I was at a punk concert and I went outside. 
uh, to pee because the lines were long and there's only one bathroom in that venue. And you know how that is. So you had to pee on a bum. I went, I went to the back. I, I went and it was dark in that little alley and, and I urinated on, on some cardboard box and I didn't really pay attention and I heard some, some growling and I heard someone say, why are you peeing on me? Or oh why are you gosh. pissing on me rather? And that's when I ran out of there. <laughs> ran the hell out of there. I was scared. Like, why is this garbage bag talking? To scared me? to death. God, Michael, you're going to hell for that one. I might be going to hell, but at least I'll see all my friends there. All my <laughs> friends to, will be there. Do you want to take a break now? Yeah, I, I, we should probably take a break. I mean, I'm all sure right. I've, I've angered plenty of people out there, but of course I don't really <laughs> care. You know me. <laughs> oh, I don't care. All right. So what are we going to do here? You want to, we're going to play some music and come yeah, back I'm gonna, what? Yeah, I'm going to play a few a few jams here. Of course, I'm going to be playing your track, Where Have You Been? i, I got to play that. Nice. So I'm going to play a little bit of um, play a little bit of tracks here, hopefully. I'll, I'll tell you what, Michael, mm-hmm. before you play that track, if there's anybody out there that has an idea to name the one, you don't have to name both people, name the one guy who I wrote that song about. If you can, if you can guess that name, I will send you a free Spy Society CD. You hear that, folks? Well. So if, if anybody, if anybody, when the, when, when the song comes on, if you can figure out just the, you don't have to figure out who, who, cause it's about two different guys, right? Younger guys. And if you can figure out at least one of them, I'll send you a free CD. Spy Society 99. Die, die punk die. That's the name of the CD. Yes. By the way, that number, uh, to call in after the break here, 760-332-8947 or 760-332-8724 or on Skype. End of days, Mike. Don't be shy. Don't just sit there on your keyboards or your mobile devices. Call in. Call in, grow a set of balls and join the discussion here. <laughs> Don't just be scared out there. I, I welcome all of you with open arms. Come on, on, come on in here and, and talk to both myself and Mike about anything that's bothering you, anything that plagues the mind. Here is your chance. Your love stories. Tell us about your love stories. And matter of fact, Mike, I'm going to be playing some love songs right now. Awesome. Yeah, that's how I get down. I, I always got to play those magical tunes of the evening. Right on. Yeah, so right. Mike, we'll, we'll be right back. I'll, I'll bring you back on here in a few moments. This is a great time for you to go to the bathroom and... Get yourself something to drink, and we'll do round two. That's where I'm heading, buddy. All right, buddy. I'll call you in a second here. All right. I'll see you in a bit. All right, Mike. So, yes, folks, we will go on a little break right now. And, of course, I invite all of you to call in and hang out with me here. That number is 760-332-8947 or 760-332-8724. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. And welcome back to the program. That was a good break. Some good songs there. Hope you enjoyed that. Now let's see what's going on with our friend Mike. Get round two underway here. I am joined by Mike Hideous, live and direct here on End of Days Radio. Oh, Mike, are you alive? Hey, I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh, perfect. I'm, yes, I'm glad you are here. I was just telling the folks at home then they could go to endofdaysradio.org and listen back 
on previous shows and of course listen live on endofdaysradio.org and of course on the TuneIn Radio app by searching End of Days and Mike, how was the break? Good. I uh I got to eat a few chips, uh, a few chocolate covered raisins, uh hit the bathroom, got a drink. Of course I washed my hands after the bathroom before I ate my Got to do that. Chips. <laughs> yeah, got to do that. All employees must wash hands. Oh yes, we have to all agree on that one. <laughs> so uh yeah, I'm I'm doing good. I'm back, ready to roll. Yes, feels good to be back here for that little break. Great songs playing. I I always love the music I play. It's very relaxing. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to hear it um, because I was downstairs. That's all right. uh, Yeah. But what did you play? Uh, I know you said you played a Spy Society song. What else did you play? I played some Joy Division. I played Filthy Streets. I played some Bush. I played all sorts of weird stuff here. Ah, what um, what are you into these days? I mean, I know you said you were into punk rock when you were younger, but what, what are you what do you like these days? I'm listening to a lot of random stuff from different times. Sometimes I'm I'm listening to rap music once in a while. I'm listening to old Tupac songs every now and then. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I go back and listen to all sorts of different things. Um, That's just, good. Yeah, just yesterday I was listening to Elvis. Nice. Yeah, there's well, all good. sorts it's, of stuff. It's good that you've got a good variety. Uh, you know, versatile, you're versatile in your music. And I, uh, oh, I, I love to, music. That's the thing. I, I'm just always been a fan of all the musicians out there, even jazz, mm-hmm. um, even lounge singers. Me too, man. I dig it all. That's good. That's good. It's good to have a, I think if you're a musician, um, I think it helps when you, you branch out into different, uh, genres of music. That happened to me by the time I was about 22. 23 and I started branching out a little bit more now probably more like 24 25 and I started getting into like the crooners because when I was a little boy my dad used to listen to like you know all the old stuff um, from when he was a young man so that's how I got into it by the way Mike we had someone from Afghanistan listening earlier hmm. you like yeah. the way I said that do you think it was uh, maybe like a, try to sound uh, very fancy well uh, the I have to ask, do you think it was like maybe one of like a soldier or somebody? You know what? That's very possible. But every now and then someone from out there will tune in. It's very bizarre. Wow. Someone from the UK is also listening, which is always cool. That's, that's really slick, man. Yeah. But by the way, I, I got to do this now. I'm looking at, at the stats here. It, it seems like Japan has actually surpassed the UK. Wow, that's I'd great. I never imagined that happening. Yeah, that's great, Michael. It's really weird. And, of course, um, way down at number seven is Pakistan. <laughs> you, I, you I don't get it. I don't get Muslim it. Muslim countries listening to your, your show. That's amazing. They're probably not going to listen to this one, though. <laughs> They're probably real pissed off once they listen to the replay of this. <laughs> but actually, I haven't said anything bad yet. Not yet. Yet. <laughs> well, according to a few folks, I think you might have made a few people drop out. Did I really? What did I say? I'm not sure. Well, we got into politics, and that's always one that's going to drive oh. a few people away. So, yeah. Um, yeah, a few people tuned out, but then a few other people tuned back in. Mm. So I'm not sure, but... That it sort of thing become, happens. You know, it's, I'm sorry, it, it's just that it's become such a, a, a fine line 
that is separating and dividing this nation. We're really and, divided, yeah. Yep, absolutely. And and you know the funny thing is, you go back before um, Hussein was was president, and you know whether it was Bush, Clinton, uh, before that Bush again, Reagan. I mean, I'm going always back to the 80s now. Every time there was a president, whether you were a uh, whether you were Democrat or Republican. Nine times out of ten, if you didn't like the other, it wasn't so hateful like it is now. Um, you know, look, Donald Trump won the election, period. Okay? He won the election. The problem is people are so uptight that they, they, they wanted that criminal Hillary Clinton to win. Um, and frankly, all right, okay, so you don't like the guy. So you don't like him. The fact is, he won the election. And he is now the president. So just like we had to deal with Hussein Osama, uh, uh, Hussein Osama, you know, we didn't flip cars and burn buildings down. Deal with President Trump. I mean, just deal with it. Yeah, this this subject really does trigger lots of folks, by the way. Just mentioning uh, Donald Trump's name uh, triggers lots of folks. It's amazing. Triggered, you know? triggered, triggered. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're absolutely right. And this country has never been more divided. I didn't like Hillary either, by the way. Oh, I hated her. I don't like Hillary Clinton. Come on. You know, some I was listening to some of the women who were going to vote for her. Like they would ask, you know, do interviews with people on the street. And it angered me so much when women would say, well, she, you know, she's a positive role model for women. What? Because she's got a vagina. She's going to make a good president. I mean, you know, her policies weren't all that terrific. I mean, I liked her husband. I liked, I liked Bill. You liked Bill? I did. I liked Bill. In fact, I voted for him, uh, you know, back then. Um, look, if, if, he, had a, he had a great time in the office. He sure did. I wish yeah. I was with him. <laughs> oh my. Um, the fact is this. The fact is this. If you're a Democrat or a Republican, I don't care what you are. If you have good policies, I'm going to vote for you. And I am neither. I'm not a, a Democrat or a Repo I mean, I used to be. But even though I agree with protecting America, uh, dealing with the Muslim situation, the immigrants and all that crap, had a Democrat said it, I would have voted for a Democrat. But, but you know, just because Trump is the one who's saying he wants to protect America, I want my ass protected, man. I don't want all these people coming into this country unvetted. You know, we, we have a country because we... Because we have a country. It's as simple as that. And we need to protect it. And Hussein just basically decimated our military, made a war on cops. Don't get me wrong. If there's, if, if there's a prejudice or racism in, in a police station, that should be dealt with. But to crucify all the police and saying cops gotta, you know, we gotta crack down on cops. Really? That's funny. When the thugs, you know, who are out there, beating up people when they have a problem who do you think they call the cops michael are you there of course i'm just listening oh, okay. to you're like very on. silent <laughs> no i'm listening i'm right but, here um, anyway to, to make a long story short i just think that i think hussein really divided this country more than any president has ever done before in history not because he was black which by the way he's only half black but he never seems to want to mention the fact that he's half white, too. You would think, if anything, 
a president who was half black and half white would have said, people, we need to come together. I am the offspring of a black man and a white woman. These were my parents. Let's learn how to get along. No, instead he said, white people have racism in their DNA. Really? You know what, Hussein? F you. By the way, Mike, I, I need to quickly mention here, I, I do want to thank all of the listeners out there who listen live and, of course, on the replay, that's the podcast version of this program. This is something I, I always do, but I forgot to do that earlier on, Mike, so let me just get this out of the way. I, I want to thank, yes, I want to thank everyone out there. I, I really do appreciate all of you out there who listen in. It's, Thank you, because I listen in too. When you, I, I usually listen to the podcast. Yeah, no big deal. I, I have respect for those people too. The, those people are great. That's when, um, you know, they they get a chance to listen when they're at work or um, taking a, a boring ride uh, to right. work to somewhere, some sort of trip. That's um, rather not the most pleasant thing to do. So they listen <laughs> in on this program and. I thank all of you out there, and of course, once again, for those who are just joining us here on this fine discussion for the first time, I am your designated driver for this amazing journey into the minds and hearts of our guests. Every Saturday night, sometimes we succeed, sometimes we fail, but we keep going. So, once again, thank all of you out there for being listeners. I love that, and of course... Joining me here is Mike Hideous. That would be me, and thank you, Michael. Yeah. Thank, thank, thank you for you. having me on. Thank you, thank you for having a great show. I uh, I commend you. I'm an advocate of free speech no matter what, even if the truth or not the truth hurts. And you know what? That that is That shows what a decent person, what a decent American you are, because you're not holding anything against anyone. Even if you debate them, you're being respectable, mature, and and reasonable about it. Yes. You, you, it's logical, you know. This is and the platform for, for everyone. Um, that if anybody, is right. Yes. If anybody wants to call that number, 760-332-8947 or 760-332-8724, everyone has different opinions on this or that. Why not throw your opinion in here? Please let us hear from yeah. you. Yeah. We'd like to hear all of you out there. Don't be shy. Don't be scared. No one's going to attack you. Except me. No. Maybe no. Mike. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, really, seriously. What he's saying, folks, uh, if, you know, if, if, um, you know what, you may not agree with what I have to say, and that's fine. Um, I happen to be very passionate about what I believe in, and sometimes I may come across as being very hostile. Uh, in the sense of my opinions about whether it's politics or religion. But you know what? I, I'm, I'm, I'm a fair man. I'm a logical man. And if you're going to tell me something, if you've got something to back it up, like a fact or, or proof, then by all means, I, I'm willing to listen. But you know, I get criticized a lot for being a person who, uh, is too opinionated. But like I say, if, if I've got a fact, and I prove it, then, you know, prove me wrong. Now, if anybody's out there and, and has something to say, tell me. If, if, if you're right, I will humbly bow down and say, I stand corrected. Yeah, well, there you go, folks. But Mike, I must backtrack with you here now. 
about the situation with that documentary. Um, what, what's going on with our friend Paul? Well, last time I spoke with you, um, I had mentioned that I was unable to speak about anything because I was dealing with a law firm. Sure, okay. Uh, yes. Things have been put on hold for a little oh, bit. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I thought, I, had a f- I thought things might have been resolved there. Well, it, there's been two problems. One of them has been a little bit of procrastination on my end, but at the same time, I've had a few issues that I've had to deal with on a, in my personal life that have in, sort of interfered with me being able to continue with what needed to be done. So things are still sort of up in the air right now, and um, I, I can't really go into too much detail as of because things are pending. So, but I'm I am trying to trying to work something out right now. Well, that's time. good. Yeah, got to get that ironed out. I hope so, man, because uh, I have been very disappointed by, you know, what took place. And by that, I mean all the merchandise that was sold that had my face on it, DVDs, uh, posters, T-shirts, um, um, you know, various, uh, a various group of things uh, of merchandise that were sold. And I did not see not one red cent. And it really irritates me. It was a very bizarre type of documentary, by the way. Mike, I must mention that once again to you here. Uh, I enjoyed your parts, but then again, I know I said this to you before. I, I just couldn't understand what those other people were doing there. Right. And a lot of people said that. And uh, No no, no offense to them, by the way, because some of them are, are probably great people, by the way. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't dislike those people. I just thought the main focus should have been you and and not these other side stories. And you're exactly right. And and mm-hmm. when originally when he came to me, and I've mentioned this before, uh, originally when he came to me, he literally sat right at my table and asked me asked me to direct my film. It wasn't the other way around. He asked me to direct my film and also told me that I would have full control over the film. And when it came down to it, like a year and a half later, he just began to see I had all these problems. I had first I got I had gotten sick uh, with the cancer that I mentioned before back in 2010. And then once I recovered from the treatments that I was getting for that cancer situation, like three months, what was it, three months? No, not even, like a month or two later, my mother ended up having a stroke and um, went into the hospital, and three months later, she died. So I was dealing with all that. And uh, so this, these two incidences that I had to deal with took me away from sitting in, you know, in the workroom with all the other guys editing, saying, okay, do this, do that, do this, do that. A lot of times I couldn't be there. I had to either go to the hospital uh, to see my mother or before that I was going to the hospital to get my treatments every day or, and I would get tired or sick. Um, so I missed out on a lot of time at the studio. And as a result, <clears throat> he sort of took it upon himself to take things over. And, uh, it really got, uh, it got messy because, uh, I was the one who was supposed to be, who was, you know, who's the film was supposed to be about. And it ended up going from a film based on my book, uh, King of an Empire to the Shoes of a Misfit, to being this collage, this chaotic, 
collaboration of like just mayhem. It was just like it made no sense. That's it made no sense. <laughs> it made right? no sense. It's That's true. All over the place. It really and was. <laughs> so many people were like, "Oh my, my god, parts were great, but what the hell were all these other people doing in the in in it?" And then he tried to push like you know Peter Steele's last interview. It, it was. Uh, Peter Steele from Typo Negative. Right. Who you did a song for. You covered their song there. Uh, no, 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 no. Wait, wait, no, no, no. What are we talking about? Oh, wait, no, we didn't... that's a different, yeah, I was thinking of the cars, never mind. Right, right, yeah, no, um, actually, to sidetrack for a second, it was Peter, uh, one of Peter's and mine, uh, our favorite song. And yeah, so, there, there we go, yes. Right. Um, in any event, um, so when Peter, who I got to interview because he was a friend of mine. Uh, I, you know, I asked him if we could do the interview for the film. And of course that was a really big deal for Paul because he didn't know any of these people. I mean, I, I was talking with Glenn Danzig too from the misfits and, and, and Danzig. And, uh, we almost had him like he was into it, but he just never made time for us. Um, yeah, he mentioned one of your songs though for, um, I believe was it Spy Society '99? You did a cover of Horror Business. Yeah, yeah, he was. He, he was liked that, that, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I used to talk to Glenn back in the day, but yeah, there was a photo of you two, I recall. Yes, yeah, I love that photo. That was back in Philadelphia, right after he played a, a show with Danzig. But in any event, the whole thing sure. with the film, um, you know, I, I started getting all these these you know high profile names for for him to put in the film but he became he got very sidetracked and in, and in addition to the high profile names he started putting all these like young kids in. don't get me wrong i got nothing against these young kids who were in the film who had their own bands you know what i was young i started out at one point with my band i did everything i could to get to promote myself to a better level right or higher level and that's exactly what these kids did but they got this opportunity because Paul was making promises to mm. people. Oh, I'll put you in my film. Yeah, you're my friend. I'll put you in my film. And he didn't understand. This is not about those, those, those bands. It was about my band. It was about my career with hideous spy society, the Bronx casket company and, uh, the misfits. And he totally blew it out of proportion. And it became this chaotic, monstrosity of like mayhem like you didn't know what was going on yeah you couldn't really follow it it was like you said all over the place it was like pulp and so many people said to me again like they're like mike was your parts were great but i could not follow it and they were right and that's the end result of his directing well and he took over the film basically yeah, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, we're not working together, but uh, I heard he was working, doing some other thing, and some other guy told me he was basically stealing his idea for a film. So he's got a bad reputation, and it's going to catch up with him sooner or later, um, and he's going to end up getting blacklisted. I believe he actually reached out to me on Twitter, but I didn't, I didn't follow up in any of that. I kind of ignored that. Well. I kind of don't want anything to do with him. Good. Um, better for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I, I don't really want to listen to him. You're a good man. You're a smart man, Michael. Well, I could tell just by some of the stuff he was into. I, I creeped his page a little bit there on Twitter, and I just didn't want nothing to do with him, to be honest. I got that made, creepy vibe. You made the right decision then. I think so. I trusted my intuition, and it really hasn't hasn't really betrayed me so far. I've been 
following that and it's led me to all the right places. Good. Yeah. So what's going to happen with this situation? You're going to put this on hold until further notice? Um, as I said, uh, without going into extreme detail, I'm, I'm working with a law firm. Um, it's just that I, I've had a few issues, both, both my own personal procrastination and the fact that I was dealing with some health issues that, um, and personal issues that were kind of just setting me back on a multitude of things, not just, not just the lawsuit, but, um, yeah. Well, yeah, that, that really puts a dent in your momentum. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, like I said, it's, it has not been easy for me. Um, I'm going on the, the, what is it now? Let's see, February, going on the 5th, right? Yeah. Uh, so yep, it'll going be, on the 5th. December, January, 5th. It'll be three months, um, in five days since I had my surgery. And, um, unfortunately, I'm still recuperating from it. Understood. And Mike, we're gonna, uh, switch gears just a little bit here and before we get back into the political realm here on the program i did want to mention something to you okay this show usually revolves around all sorts of topics all sorts of romantic subjects very amazing subjects mike mm-hmm. like ufo's and aliens yes. and uh, you know all those great romantic things I well, did want your opinion. I'm glad you're asking yes. me that because I listened to your last two shows. With Eve Lorgan, right? Yes. Uh, oh the woman my. that you had on, I'm, what was it, last week, right? I'm so glad you brought that up because I, I did want to mention that really quickly here. I thought it was a fantastic interview, a fantastic guest, totally interesting. You don't really hear much about that sort of thing. The topic was the alien love bite. Right. Monkey bite. It, 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 it was a, yes, it, it was a great, great episode. A great guest. I, I really liked Eve Lorgan very much. She's fascinating and that's something you don't really hear about. Well, um, if I may, um, I listened to the show and I'll be very, very frank with you. Um, I don't know. I'm not very knowledgeable on aliens. The possibility of aliens, the theory of aliens. Yeah, we never really, yeah, we never really got too deep into this. So I'm, I'm not educated in that. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll be very honest with you. I am a skeptic and okay. I need mm-hmm. proof on everything. Be- yes, right. It's just how I am. And I'm the, I'm the for, same way. Okay. So what, I'm going to ask you a question after I'm done saying what I'm saying here, but. Um, so when I, when I'm told about these things and I, and I hear about them, I have to take them with a grain of salt because unless I have proof, I, I can't accept it. So what I'm going to ask you is now knowing that you've been doing this show for so long and you have, you guys had, uh, gone into, uh, the realm of, uh, paranormal, uh, aliens, UFOs, uh, mystical creatures, et cetera, et cetera. What what exactly is your belief? Do you have a, I mean, do you have a solid belief in this or do you, are you skeptical too? I was I, very, I listened yes. to that interview mm-hmm. and you, you knew what you were talking about. You read that woman's book, I think, right? Yeah, I read some of it. Sure. Okay. So like, I mean, you know, I don't want to put you on a spot or, or anything, but what exactly is your take on all that? On her stuff or just in general? 
Well, Mike, I've actually seen something in the sky, and I've actually saw something manifest in, in the hotel room, and which was weird because I said on this show, if I don't experience something out there in Joshua Tree, California, then I'm completely done with the subject. And sure enough, I had two separate uh, sightings of, of these weird things happen. Wow. Now, sure, and I know it, it sounds completely crazy, sounds nuts, but I wasn't the only one who saw it, Mike, so there's that. Well, I, I'm going to tell you, when I was a kid, uh, me and four other people um, actually did see something uh, that we could not explain, um, and uh, this was back in the 70s. I was a little boy, and we watched as something came out of a cloud. To this day, I don't know what it was. Uh, it wasn't a helicopter, and it certainly wasn't a plane. And mind you, this was in uh, just just before twilight. The sun was going down, but it was still light out. I mean, as a little kid, I wasn't allowed to stay out at night, so sure. this this did not happen at night. But we watched this thing come out of a cloud, and it was a, it was a light, and that's all you could really see. You couldn't see a craft of any sort or a, or, or anything, whatever it may have been. You just saw this light, and um. Since it was getting darker, the light was able to uh, shine in a way that you were able to see it where the sun didn't block it out. But we watched it come mm-hmm. out of a cloud, and it, it just sort of hovered in a cloud. Now, to this day, I don't have any explanation as to what it was we saw, but we there were four of us, um, and, and we saw it when we were young. I think I was, a, I think I was 12 when I saw it, um, and... I just don't know what it was. So, but do, do I say, you know, do, dare I say it was a UFO craft or aliens? I don't know. I, I really don't know. Could have been one of ours. It could have been. I mean, I, I, I firmly Possible. believe, I firmly believe that there are, um, military, uh, devices or crafts that are being used by either our country or other countries to spy on the other. Um, I really don't have a solution or a um, an answer for any of this because, as I said, I'm very skeptical, and I need I need facts, I need proof to to prove to me something is real. Then I get you. I'm I'm right there on the same boat with you. But when you experience something that I did, it it really it really messes with your mind, especially if you're someone who thinks you're this rational. This very <clears throat> rational person. Can you can you go into because I I you gotta have to excuse me I don't remember the whole story. Can you tell us what happened again? Oh my, sure. I've I've told this story so many times here on, on the air. I'm sure people are getting sick of this, but uh, you know I have to admit I I don't think I've heard the whole thing. If you want to shorten it up, you you know you're more than welcome. Yeah, well, short story. I was on this on this on the show here. And I said, if I, if I don't experience anything this weekend, I, I was going to a conference called Contact in the Desert. And lots of people experience all sorts of things out there. All sorts of people saw things in the sky that weekend. When was this? What what year? Uh, this was last year. Okay. And it, it was it was pretty wild. Seeing is believing, indeed. Where were you? In Joshua Tree, California. Okay, that's and just a big open desert. Right? Yes, a big open desert. But the first time I was in my hotel room looking out the window, 
and I saw this strange looking orb just floating around and it just kind of disappeared. And that was on a separate night. I didn't really think anything of it. I just thought, okay, I don't know what the hell that was, but that was interesting. Were you alone? That time, yeah. Okay. Then the next time I wasn't alone. I I was in a hotel room. It was kind of dark in there, and this light appeared in the room. A great big white light just overpowered the entire room like and engulfed the whole room like a, a like a very powerful fluorescent light okay it was pretty nuts i don't know what the hell it was and again that's how i wasn't alone someone else saw that too mike that's amazing it really was amazing i don't know what it was i'm still baffled by it i'm not trying to sell any kind of product to anyone out there uh you could either believe me or you don't I, it doesn't matter to me I know what I saw, and it was something extraordinary, and I will probably never see that again. So whatever it was, it was it was amazing. You say it manifested in front of you? It manif- Well, it manifested in the room. My back was turned. No shit. Yeah, my back was turned, and it's dark, and the whole room turned pitch white, Mike, for a few wow. seconds there. That's crazy. I thought somebody turned on some sort of light. It was insane. <sighs> It was, and it's really, I don't know what happened, Mike. I, I'm still baffled by it. Sometimes I, I dream about it. I don't know what happened to me. Wow. The only other time I had a very similar, well, not similar, but I had a another unexplained uh, circumstance take place was um, several years ago, probably around, I'm going to say 2012. Um, I, as you well know, I am... Uh, I dabble in magic, um, particularly black magic. Sure. Um, and I did a particular ritual, uh, that, um, required a certain contract. Um, and after I was done with the whole ritual, which includes, you know, everything from incense to, uh, to wine to, uh, uh, candles and, you know, the ringing of the bell and, you know, the calling of the, the, uh, the, the north, south, east and west, the, the cardinal points. So after I was all done, I kept, <laughs> I kept seeing shadows out of the corner of my eyes. And, um, that was freaky. That freaked oh, me yes. out. I would have been freaked out too, Mike. Yeah, I, I kept seeing, like, I, w- I would be looking somewhere, and then to the right of me, I would see, like, something move, and it was, like, dark, like a shape, a dark shadow. And then when I would turn, it was gone. Several years ago, Mike, it's funny that you mentioned this, several years ago, I would see that, too, and now those things are gone. Really? Yeah, I don't know what happened, but they're gone now. Hey, do, do you know anything about the Mothman? Yeah, the Mothman. Yeah. Do you remember that movie that was made? Um, oh man, I forget what it what it was called. Uh, but they they it was based on the Mothman. The Mothman prophecies. The Mothman prophecies. Exactly. Word. Two thousand two. Okay, that's when it came out. Yeah, I I've loved movies too, so I'm kind of a weirdo. That was that was a freaky film. Um, it really was. It really was. Um, it was based in West Virginia, if I remember. That's right. That's right. Word. And some really strange things happened, and nobody could explain it. Yeah, it's it's a very fascinating story, and lots of reports come from there. 
But also lots of people in West Virginia are hooked on drugs. <laughs> so you got to keep that, you know. Basically uh, <laughs> crank. <laughs> yeah, they're really into that, really you know, into their meth. You know, speed really does create a lot of paranoia and delusion. Lots of psychosis, yes. That's right. And, Word. And I've also had my share of speed. And uh, I can tell you that when I lived on the second floor, I always think that somebody was looking through my window. <laughs> oh, Mike, you were paranoid. <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely. The paranoia that comes with, uh, you know, with doing uh, speed is... is um, Speed, ma- yeah, doing speed. Yeah, it basically cold. Smoking, you know? yeah. Doing some cocaine on the side. Yep. I, I mean, I, I went through my shows. Being a musician uh, and a DJ and working in clubs, you oh, yeah. you get drugs handed to you all the time. You know, speaking of that, Michael Alec was going to be on the program. Speaking of which, I need to call him and rearrange our, our um, interview. He never came back after that one night? Well, there was some things that happened that night, I found out. There was, um, I, you know what, I don't even know if I could say this on the air. I know you said he had a party the night before at 6 a.m. Yeah, he was drinking and all that, but something else happened that night. Uh, Another life was lost that night. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, so, you know, I don't know what's going on with with him, but it it doesn't seem positive. Wow. Yeah, I'm kind of thrown back. I don't know what's going on with with Michael out there, but I, I need to give him a call. Wow. You know, I met Michael once at the Limelight <clears throat> when he used to do his night on Wednesdays called Disco Dis- 2000. Disco 2000, right. As a matter of fact. This is so to crazy. The, to this very, <laughs> to this very day, I still have the sticker. Um, you, you might want to bring this up. I have the sticker that was for that night and it used to have, uh, Toucan Sam from Fruit Loops. Um, ah, the cereal. Yeah. It was a picture of Toucan <laughs> Sam with the Fruit Loops, and it said something like Fruit Loop. Uh, Fruit Loop. Yeah, Fruit Loop. Wednesday nights, Disco 2000. Michael Alex, Disco 2000. So I I'll used to go up. with him. Yeah. Um, a I'll friend of mine that. was a promoter. This guy Jack. In fact, I even wrote about Jack in my book, if you recall. He was the guy who ended up uh, overdosing. Uh, he was the first guy I knew that a friend of mine who died on uh, from a drug overdose. Heroin. Um, it was like everything but heroin. Oh, okay. He had Special K. Cocktail then, yes. Yeah, Special okay. K. He had opiates, he had allergy pills, he had Valium. These, you he know had. what I noticed? During that time, it seemed like everybody was taking just a cocktail of drugs. Mm-hmm. Just mixing it whatever. What, what, recklessly. What, what killed Jack was he had just come out of a, a, a detox for like a month. Oh, shit, I see. Yeah, he went in. Oh, in, oh my goodness. He, he went in in mid-January. Him and I worked at the same uh, music newspaper. And one day, I'm going in. He's coming out. He had just gotten fired. It was the middle of January, like the 14th or something, the 13th. His name's Jack, by the way? Jack Jack Pavlik. Jack he's in, Pavlik. He's, I wrote about him in my book. I'll, I'll mention that to Michael, too. Jack Pavlik. Or maybe you could even join me for that interview. I would love to. I'd love to talk to Alec. I'd love to talk to yeah, him. Yeah, we could. we'll set this up. So anyway, mm-hmm. long story short, um, uh, I, 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 I go with, uh, Jack to the club, um, on, you know, Wednesday night. And just for a brief moment, I got to meet Michael, who was larger than life. Um, he was just so eccentric and flamboyant. Um, that's and what I'm just, told. Yeah. 
Yeah, I just basically said hello to him and, you know, Jack talked to him for a little while and then we were off on the night. But let me tell you, man, his nights were full of drugs, sex, and rock and roll. Oh, so he lives up to the name. <laughs> I guess he does now that he's back. He's out of jail. He really I does. Guess. He lives up to his name. I mean, he was out drinking till six in the morning. Oh my God. If I could just drink until 10 o'clock at night, I'd be happy. I can't, I can't do it anymore. It's hilarious. I get such a headache if I drink alcohol. I can't, I can only drink like homemade wine. I can't drink any hard liquor anymore. I don't even like beer, but yeah, I can't drink. I get a terrible, terrible headache. Wine does give me a headache every now and then. Once See, my, in a while. My brother makes wine. Uh, being the old Italian that he is. So, um, every once in a while I'll get like a bottle of his homemade wine, which is absolutely superb. It's killer, right? Uh, yeah, there's no preservatives in it or, or anything in there that can give you a headache, um, except for alcohol. Um, and, uh, oh man, when I drink his stuff, it's like drinking grape juice and you just get hammered off of it. One glass and you're, wow. you're shit faced. Yeah. <laughs> Powerful uh, no, stuff there. No more, uh, no more major alcohol for me though. My, my main drink was like Jack Daniels or, uh, Jim Bean. Oh or, man, you were hitting the hard stuff. Well, yeah, I was, I was a musician. <laughs> there you go, yeah. yeah Going all out I, there, Mike. That's what I used to do. But, um, yeah, as, uh, you know, from DJing, I used, I DJed for, I think six and a half years and, you know, I just got so tired of it after a while that, 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 you know, Friday night, Saturday night, or one or the other. Well, Mike, let me let me stop you there and, and mention that I was a bouncer for several years myself. You were? Yeah, I was a bouncer. I was the shortest guy, <laughs> shortest bouncer, yet no one ever tried anything with me. It was so hilarious. That's that's great. I man. think people thought, okay, something's not right here. Well, you had all that 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 training under your belt like uh would you say jujitsu or karate or something jujitsu boxing for a long long time that's a great thing to know man when i was like i said before when i was punching that bag i was in tip-top shape i was a rock man it, it it's so good for you great cardiovascular really yeah truly so yeah you know i understand that 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 lifestyle especially for the dj and um it, it gets old really quickly the music the and annoying the drunks, drunks coming yeah, up there. Hey, yeah. Can you play this song? I'm like, what song? Can you play the Sisters of Mercy, Temple of Love? I'm like, you mean the one that's playing right now, idiot? Jesus. <laughs> yeah, the annoying drunks and, and, of course, the people in the bathroom snorting cocaine as usual. That's, yeah. That's all that, that's, that's always going to be around. You know, uh, I, like I was saying before, I, I would, I would DJ like on a, on a Friday night sometimes and by the end of the night, I, I would come away with like, I'd have like two or three joints or, or a, a whole bag of pot, uh, a, a, like a whole bag of Coke, some pills, a couple bags of dope. I mean, like people just gave me this stuff. They're like, hey, can you play this song? I'm like, You're sure. the yeah, DJ, like, yeah. Yeah, and they would Todd like give goes. me a dime bag or something of pot. And I'm like, wow. You know, speaking of which, it was a great time working the parking lot section of that because here, let me let me give you another Little fun story of mine. When I first got employed at that nightclub, the the very first time I, I go in there, Mike, it's about maybe five thirty. You know, at we're, night. Yeah, night. We're getting ready. We're gonna set everything up. So this is at five thirty. I show up, and the owner, he's there. He's the boss. Okay, no, no problem, right? 
Okay. Okay, so I first I first meet him randomly, and the guy yells at me. The very first, not even a hi or anything, he just starts yelling at me. <laughs> That's my introduction to him. <laughs> so I thought, I thought, you know what, this guy's a complete asshole. <laughs> so fast forward, I'm in charge of the parking. And, you know, I, I even later on, I told him, I said, hey, I just got here and no one really told me where I'm supposed to go. And, and I tried talking to people and um, they told me to come out here. And then, you know, after I, I said that to him, he didn't even apologize. He just nodded, nodded his head and then told me to be out here and then just walked away. So I thought, OK, asshole. So <laughs> I'm in charge of parking. Right. And I'm directing cars where to park. And of course, I'm charging people a few dollars. Um, that's what I'm supposed to do. So I'm collecting money. Right. And every so often there would, there would be a couple people in, in very nice cars. Very nice cars. And I think, I think those people might have been dealing drugs, to be honest with you. You think? I think, especially out here driving that. Mm. So, um, these men, would would pay me a little extra to watch their watch their cars. No shit. And um well, being the respectful gentleman that I am, I didn't give that money to the owner cuz he's such an asshole. <laughs> and ever since then, someone got stabbed at that place. Wow. They lost they lost everything and, and that guy had some sort of coke problem. Oh, so yeah. he's not around anymore. And Mike, let me ask you, do you think I feel bad about any of that? I'm going to say no. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. I don't give a goddamn about any of that. <laughs> that guy was a complete asshole, so I don't but care. You know, it, it, I don't it, care. The world is full of them, Michael. There really is. The problem is that when you tend to work in a an environment that is, caters to a nightclub crowd... Bunch of scumbags, uh, Mike. I, yeah, I guess you could say. I mean, so much. Not everybody, but you not know, all of them. But you, you get you get the drinking crowd and the drugging crowd. I noticed the owners, though, Mike. The owners of these places are always so shady. Right, and that's what I was getting at. Is, mm-hmm. is some of them, some of them are they've got issues and coke you know, issues. Right. I'll, I'll never forget the time Empire Hideous was on tour. We did a, a, a short tour of the northern. Uh, 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 states, um, like we did from the East Coast all the way out to like Wisconsin. And, um, when we played in Ohio, uh, we played at a club where, <laughs> um, the guy was great. He was very nice to us, but like the whole crew was just hooked on Coke. And I remember walking into the office because that's where our dressing, dressing room was or all our stuff was. And I walked in and there was just all these lines laid out on the, on the desk and he's like, he's got to sit down. He's like, I walked in just as he's like doing a line. I'm like, Oh, sorry. He's like, no, 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 it's okay. You oh want one? I'm my. like, no, I, I didn't do drugs back then. That's a good thing you didn't. Yeah. 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 I didn't, I, I hadn't, uh, I didn't mess around with any drugs until I was in the misfits. Um, how ironic. Yeah. The only Since thing I did that band is, is very Christian. So. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised, Mike. Wow. I was, I was actually, um, I just smoked pot, you know, and then, uh, like right after the Misfits, I was doing Coke and Speed and I got into some serious drugs after that, but I'm clean now. I'm, I'm clean. I've been clean for many years. You're a changed man. I'm a changed man. I found God. You found Jesus Christ. 
Muslim, Muslim Jesus Christ, by the way. <laughs> Mohammed Christ. Mohammed Christ. There you go. Now we won't offend anyone. Do you know, I gotta tell you this, do you know, there was a contest a couple of, maybe, I don't know, two years ago, um, and it was, I think, down in Texas or something, and it was a contest that a woman put on where she invited people to draw Mohammed. Oh, really? That's a big thing for Muslims. You can't draw (laughs) Mohammed. Yes, you can't draw them, that's true. Or the prophet. Well, frankly, I, I believe as an American citizen, that infringes on my right my free speech and my f- freedom to express myself through art, whatever it may be. Don't you dare tell me what I can and cannot draw. So the point is, somebody drew this picture of Mohammed holding a sword coming at you, and there was a little caption that said, you cannot draw me, with a little blurb going to Mohammed's mouth, and then the other blurb going to the artist saying, I can, and that's why I do. So... This picture, which I did not draw, I placed on my Facebook page. Oh, no, Mike. Do you know how many people flipped out on me for that? Oh, I bet people were pissed off. Quite a few. And one person in particular whose name I will not mention, but happens triggered, to be a friend. Triggered. 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 Indeed. And um, one friend who happens to be a friend of mine. Um, there's one guy who happens to be a friend of mine actually got very, very offended. And we're, this is a white guy. They don't come whiter than this guy. <laughs> they don't come whiter than this guy. That's the funniest <laughs> thing I've heard today. Oh my God. Don't get me wrong. He's a nice guy. I respect him greatly. I really do. All right. I got nothing against this guy. He is an extremely nice guy and he's very smart. Like the movie How- Powder. <laughs> do you remember that film, Powder? I do. That was a great movie. That actually was a really good movie. Um, oh the guy my. had like uh, electrical tendencies. Yes, right? that yeah. was cool. God was damn it! Film. Now I want to watch that movie. Yeah, so so do I. God um, damn. But anyway, anyway, so so this guy got very offended that I put that thing up, and and he was like, you know, why would you disrespect these people? I'm like, I'm not disrespecting anybody. I didn't draw that picture. Number one, and number two. Nobody, absolutely nobody is going to tell me what I can, what I can draw or not draw, what I can say or not say. I am an American. I have the right to say whatever. If I want to say your mother sucks socks in hell, um, that's what I'm going to say. And you cannot stop me from saying it because it is my right that's as a right. citizen. That's true. Right? That's true. So, if these people who have an issue with their prophet and or God being drawing, well, you know what? Don't come to this country then because I'm going to say what I want. Don't come here telling me I've got to respect your culture from your country because that's not how it goes here. We we are allowed to say and do what we want provided it's within the law and we're not hurting anybody. We are allowed to do and say what we want. So do not try to impose your freaky religious beliefs on me. Yes, and of course, for those who want to call in, that number is 760-332-8947 or 760-332-8724 or on Skype, end of day's mic. You get to debate with me. <laughs> that sounded pretty professional the way it did that. It, it was actually quite um, on the money. It was really scary. Before, before you know it, you're going to start winning awards for your... Uh, your professional attempt at uh, presenting things. Well, they do call me the master of ceremonies. 
You are going places, my friend. I really do hope so, Mike. I, I've heard that before a time or two. No doubt in my mind. I really do hope so. I, I really do hope the right set of ears listen. Yep. You're, you're going to get it, man. I know you are because, as I said, you, I've been with you for all these years now, and you know, I, I try to listen as much as I can. I've been listening more lately as opposed to, you know, over the years. Um, but that's because I got a lot more free time on my hands these days. That's having, a good uh, thing. My health issues. And, yeah. But, uh, so yeah, I get a chance to listen to you a lot more now. Um, so I'm, I'm, ah, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop inflating your head. You're, you're, you're good. You're going to go places. I, I know it. Well, thank you, Mike. I, I really do appreciate that. And coming from you, someone who has that ability to um, really get under your bandmate's skin for your tendencies to be a perfectionist, that means the world to me. Yeah, well, you deserve it, my friend. Oh, thank you so much. And I believe there's a call coming in right now. I think it's Star. Hmm. Let's see what Star has to say. You are live on the air with myself and Mr. Mike Hideous. How are you? I'm sleepy. Oh, I you're got out sleepy. Of bed to call. You got out of bed to call us? Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I just wanted to go back a bit to when you, Mike, were in the uh, conference in the desert and you saw the bright light in your room. Oh, no. I remember, gollies, I think it was 2014 on the night of 4th of July. Uh, that was last year, actually. 2014. I, for, I forgot what year it was, but at any rate, I do remember it was the 4th of July because there did fireworks earlier. And I had gone to bed, and there was a really bright, like, daylight light coming through. Oh, I heard you wrong. Window, Sorry and I thought that. somebody was shooting fireworks out in the, the area where we lived. I got up and looked, and I didn't see anything else. Well, it turned out it was uh, a fireball that had hit in Colorado. Uh, wow. When you say fire, when you say fireball, do you mean like like a, a, a light? Uh, oh, a meteor. Oh, that, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. So and I'm just wondering whether it could, that could be one of the reasons you saw the light in your room. And the other thing I was going to talk about, mm-hmm. I probably said the same thing before uh, when we were talking about shadow people with another guest. When I lived down <clears throat> on Mount Baldy in California, there is a canyon called Bear Canyon where I would see uh, shadow people frequently. Interesting. That's a frightening thing, huh? Not, not really. I just, I was more curious than anything else, and it wasn't out of the corner of my eye. It was straight on. And the funny thing is, one was tall, one was short, and they were dressed. <laughs> I'm sorry, but they by the were way, um, like five versus five. B- by the way, um, is this in Tucson? No, in California. Oh, in California. Sorry, Mount Baldy. Oh, okay. And there's a, one of the canyons there. It's called Bear Canyon. And that's where I would see the majority of the, the shadow people I had seen on that mountain. <coughs> Star, but, excuse me. Excuse me. One second, Star. I'm sorry. Michael, I think we've got another caller here, too. Uh, Vanessa? Oh, yes. yes. Okay. Yes. Just, just making sure. I'm sorry. No, I didn't mean to interrupt no you. Go ahead. Go ahead, Star. Oh, cool, Vanessa. Okay. I'm just about done anyway. Um, no. Hi, Star. Hi, Vanessa. I've never talked to you in, in real life. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Let the guys take a break. We'll take over. <laughs> 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 uh, 
anyway, they were dressed like spy versus spy. They mm. had the, the funny fedora and, and the trench coat looking, but there wasn't any detail. They were silhouettes, except as they were crossing the road in front of me, the taller one, it looked like he turned his head, and he was surprised to see me, and they both started just scooting off a little faster pace than they were going. So I think I scared or startled them. Hmm. Anyway, that's that's my shadow people story. Understood. It, it, that's a good good story and, and very frightening, of course, because both myself and Mike have seen these weird things in the corner of our eyes, of course. And I wasn't afraid. I just thought, huh? Yeah, well, it's just and a little that strange. My first, that was my first sighting, so I go, wow. And then after that, seeing them from that point on, since I'd already seen one and nothing happened, I scared it apparently. It didn't bother me. I was oh, okay. Hmm, that's funny. That's, but that by is the fascinating. Yes, but going back to um, the fireball in the sky, well, Star, the thing is, the curtains were closed. So were mine. It was that bright. It Really? Oh yes. sure, sure, yeah. A, a meteorite, a, a meteor coming through you know, the uh, atmosphere. It's right. like the sun. That's what I. That's also a theory I had. I thought maybe something was in the sky, but it, it lasted a, l- a little bit longer than a quick flash. Well, I'll I tell you what. Go ahead, go ahead, Star. I was just gonna say I would check NOAA or NASA and their records to see whether there were any fireballs around that time of the evening on that night. I did. Just, oh, you did? Oh, okay. I did, yeah. I, that, that was also a possibility. I was thinking that when it happened too, I was thinking, was there something in the sky? Was, was there something reported? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, mm-hmm. I just want to let you know my experience because it sounded very similar. It's okay, a really great experience, yeah. Well, thank you, yeah, thank, thank you. you so much for calling. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. This is one of your best shows, Mike. You're just doing fabulous. I'm so happy for you. Oh, well, thank you so much. Isn't he great? He's great. He's awesome. He's just awesome. Appreciate it so much, Star. (laughs) Thanks for calling, Star. We really like that. All right, take care, Star. (laughs) Bye. Hello, Vanessa. Hi, I just wanted to call and say that um, you're. I have been hearing the show for a while, and um, actually, uh, every time that you're on, you're one of my favorite guests. So I just wanted to say that. Who me, Mike Hideous, or Mike Michael? No, Mike Kitty is Michael's. He's not bad, but you, you're pretty good. <laughs> you're better. No. Well, yeah. thank you so much, Vanessa. That's very kind of you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And I, I love working with Michael. You know, he asked me to to work with him a couple of times doing shows um, back in the summer of uh, uh, last year. And I, you know, having worked with him before, I was just so honored because I really respected him. And as you may or may not know, when he worked with Daniel. Uh, you know, I did a lot. I did all. This is the first time I'm doing. Yeah, this is the first time I'm doing the show with Michael alone. Um, the other show we had with Daniel, I used to do that with them. So yeah, I used to hear that one. Okay. Okay. Yeah, well, with you on, on 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 you know on his show on that one, but you know you're awesome. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And where where are you in California? No, Miami, Florida. <laughs> Florida. Okay. All right. I was in yeah. Miami back in the. I think the. I think it was 2003. I was back in Miami. Yeah, it's, I'm not. I'm not too crazy about it, but I live here. What am I gonna do? Michael hates Florida, by the way. Really? Yeah, he Why? always talks about he how he hates Florida. Why do you hate Florida, Michael? Well, they bring me the best news. I think personally, um, all sorts of tragedies happen in Florida, and and I, here I am talking about Florida all the time. Yeah, he's but a hater. Ha- 
Well, they get, they get pissed off at me every time I talk about Florida. I've gotten quite a bit of hate mail from Florida. Hmm. Yeah, they don't like me there. Yeah. But now hey, we don't. We yeah, hate you here. I'm sure, I'm sure they do. And, and that's okay with me. Uh, you yeah. know, I, I do want to cut Florida off from the rest of the United States. Oh, um, oh lord. Okay. I know. No, no, no. I, I used to go down for vacation to Daytona like once a year, every year. And this is when I had money back in uh, my glory days. And uh, I used to love going there. I used to go down on off season. I had the whole beach to myself in a hotel overlooking the ocean i just had the best time no motorcycle gangs no uh no uh, uh, uh spring break groups it was just nobody was on the beach <laughs> it's pretty, pretty good if you if you like if you have money like i'm pretty sure i would probably love it here if i like you know because it, it's a nice place if you have money you know really? what i mean yeah, it's, like it's, it's interesting you say that because I have a friend of mine who lives in uh, uh, Rhode Island, and she just moved from the western end of Florida. I don't recall where she was, um, but she she just moved back up to Rhode Island and said that it was so tough for her. She couldn't find a job, and uh, it was just really difficult for her. I yeah, guess the, the rent yeah. is, like, ridiculous and, like, property like you know like homes and stuff it's like crazy it's it's not realistic but you know i was born here so i have to oh, stay yeah? here yeah so i'm forced to be here no i, I plan on moving soon but yeah <laughs> as long as it's something you want to do then obviously then you know go for it i i do have you ever traveled about have you got ever gotten around out of florida yeah i have i've actually tried i actually traveled um by car um like all the way to california a few years ago and I actually like everything but Florida. I hate Florida. Not only does it take like 10 hours to get out of Florida, <laughs> especially from where I am, you know, cause I'm all the way at the bottom. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. It's, I just, ugh, anything but here. I feel like any other state, like everything's close by and here it's like, you're like stuck. It's, it's, it's pretty bad. <laughs> it's uh, pretty let, bad. let me ask you this, Vanessa, since you've been listening to the show, mm-hmm. um, you may or may not have heard what Michael and I were talking about and on these phenomenons and stuff. Do you have anything that you could tell us about? No, I've never seen anything. Okay, goodbye. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, you know, we we do have to move along here, unfortunately. But no, no, thank it's you cool. for yeah, thank I, you for calling yeah, in. I was just calling for that, and I was also calling um to say that I think it's really cool that you speak your mind, and I also like that you like animals. I, I love mean, animals. Love them. Yeah, that, that's very cool. That's a plus. That's really awesome. Thank you so much. Um, if you're online, uh, if you go to um, Hideous Mike, M-Y-K-E, uh, Facebook page, that's my Facebook page. You can sign up to that and get some more information about some of the work I've released, et cetera, et cetera. Cool. Thank you. My All right, pleasure. Well, have a good night, guys. All right. Thanks for calling in. No thanks problem. for calling. And if anyone else wants to call in, that number is 760-332-8947 or 760 8724, or of course, on Skype, end of day's mic. That was really nice of them, the nice little call. Ooh, I like all the callers out there. I'm glad these people call in, but of course, there, there are those out there, Mike, who don't want to call in, and sometimes we talk about certain subjects, and they don't want to call in. Well, you know, you can't really, I you guess can't I can understand people, it. Not everybody wants yeah. to be a part of it, you know. And not everyone likes everything we talk about here on the show. Exactly. And I get it. I get it. I mean, it's not for everyone. 
Exactly. But you know, the thing is that you, your, your show provides a variety of subjects and topics that can appeal to, uh, a vast majority of people. So I think you're doing the right thing. Um, don't, don't let, don't let that get to you that people may not be calling because even if they're not calling into the live show, they're, they're listening. Like, do you, do you, are you able to tell how many podcast hits you get? I, I can't really, I can't really can't, tell to be honest. I don't really that, know. Right? No, I just don't know. Yeah. I don't know yeah. for certain. There's, there's places to listen to this program, uh, many different places to listen to this program. So I don't really, don't really know. Hmm. It's kind of hard to tell. I could only see numbers like on SoundCloud and YouTube, but then there's iTunes and lots of people listen that way. People, yeah. people love that. So I can't really tell you, tell you for sure. I, I just don't know. Oh, well, I wouldn't worry about it too much. As long as you're listening to the show one way or another, they don't necessarily have to call. And yeah. Just give you more it's time just, to talk. you know, there, there's lots of things about it though. Lots of people get upset at me. For all sorts of different reasons. Um, some people, like I said, don't like certain certain subjects, and they get really pissed off. And well, you, you can't please everyone. I, I, mean, I was I just, just can't, about to say you can't please. Everyone. You can't please everyone. You just can't win. You you really just can't win in in any of these things. Really, people are I, just not going to like it. I am living proof of that. I can't tell you how many times I have been somewhere. And somebody walks up to me and says, your band sucks, man. And I'm like, well, you know, can't prove, I can't please everybody. Yeah. If you don't like me, go away. You know, I don't care. It can get overwhelming at times. Yep. Some people just, just will not like you. Nope. (laughs) They just will not like you at all. And it's, it sucks every now and then for sure. Well, again, you can't always let, let it get you. if I may, when I, when I was a musician, I used to get hate mail and this is before like the internet. Uh, I would get people who would write letters to me and tell me that they hated me and that they were going to kill me. Well, not kill me, not a death threat, but you know, if I see you, I'm going to kick your ass, you know, silly stuff like that. And there's just not any way to always be able to appeal to all the masses. And if there were and you were doing that, you'd be making a hell of a lot of money right now. Sure. So you're doing the right thing, Michael. You got a you got a wide variety of topics and subjects that you're talking about. You have good guests, and uh, just keep doing the right thing. You're doing I'm right just thing. saying, you just can't win with everyone, of course. Of course not. Yeah. No, it's like that in life, my friend. Yeah, and there's the cat. Hear him? Hi, kitty. <laughs> I think you just need to bring him up to the mic. He, he just wants to talk to us. You know what it is? He he's got a problem. Uh, I believe he's got like diabetes because he urinates constantly. So his, his litter box is in the bathroom downstairs. I'm upstairs in my loft. Um, and he doesn't come up here anymore because he has to be close to the bathroom to get to his litter box. Poor guy. Yeah. I feel his, his sister died last year. Um, so he's been alone, but I give him a lot of attention. I, I, I love the guy. His, his name is Hermes. He's a black cat. I adopted him and his sister in 2009. And uh, as I said, his sister just died in, hmm, uh, it'll be two years, August 7th, I believe. In any event, um, he's been kind of lonely, so he, you know, he kind of makes this sad, droning 
meow, but once he hears me meow back to him, he kind of calms down. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and even my, even my bird actually imitates him sometime. <laughs> oh, the bird. Oh, that's yeah. so funny. Uh, I, right. I had a, my, my grandfather actually had a parrot at one time and one of my uncles was, was always cursing at it and eventually <laughs> it started cursing. Oh, that's classic. It, I wish was my good. bird would, I wish my bird would swear, but I mean, he says a lot of things, but he, he, I haven't been able to teach him how to swear, but he does say, like every once in a while, I'll 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 get a little loud, and and maybe if I'm on the phone, I'll say a, a bunch of the f words, you know, and then I'll hear Captain go on a rant where he goes, "Akan akan 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 akan." That's so funny. <laughs> it's like he's trying to say it, but doesn't quite get it out. But I know where he's going and what he's what he's trying to say. Yeah. So Mike, there's also an, another. Another thing I did want to mention here was how big are you on conspiracy theories? All right. Now, you asked me this once before. Um, again, conspiracy theories, in my my personal opinion, uh, I need proof. I have to have proof. When 9-11 took place, there were a thousand different conspiracy theories about whether the planes had bombs attached to them on the bottom of the planes, whether they were airlines that were commercial or uh, military, uh, so many different things. And no one knew for sure what, you know, they didn't have any hardcore solid facts. Um, so I was very skeptical. Now, where are you going with this question? What are you asking me? Like, do I just believe in them or what? Sure, but of course there was a, another gentleman who recently was found dead in Poland. His name's Max Spears. He was 39 years old, and I believe he was some sort of conspiracy theorist. I heard about this. Okay, um, you heard about this. Now, um, friends claimed he died in, in some apartment after he, I guess, was vomiting some sort of black, black liquid. Black liquid, right. Sure, but you, me and you both know you could vomit all sorts of colors of the rainbow, Mike. That's right. And in fact, I, I myself, uh, was, I had acute dehydration once when I was, uh, I believe I was 15 and I was puking, I, I puked yellow, green, orange, and black. So yes. I, I vomited black. So that's debatable whether or not it was some foreign sub substance or he was just vomiting something that had to do with his intestines that included the bile of his body. So who knows for sure? Yeah, I don't really know about that one. But apparently he was, of course, looking into the whole Presidio base in Northern California where the whole satanic... Uh, ritual abuse with, with the children were involved there. And of course, all fingers were, of course, pointed at Lieutenant Colonel Michael Aquino. Yes. Yes. I remember that. Uh, in fact, I remember you bringing that up on the show. I, I actually heard that. Um, and I heard you mention it. So whatever happened with that? Did you ever talk I, to Aquino about it? Um, yeah, I talked to him about it, but of course, these are just bottomless conclusions. Right. So yeah, it really doesn't go anywhere. You know as well as I know um, that particularly Aquino and the Temple of Set, they are not involved in anything like that. The only reason people bring things up like this about them is because of their religious belief. 
You, Michael, we spoke with Aquino, which was one of the best interviews I, I ever got a chance to do. I, I believe me, this. I spoke to cute. him in private before too. Okay, so yeah. now you know as well as I know, Aquino is a very, very intelligent individual. He really is. No, he knows no his shit. Yeah, he, he's a very intelligent person. So a man like that doesn't need to resort to human sacrifice of babies of of any sort, you know, or or even the murder of of this this guy, whatever his name was in Poland. Max Spears, yeah. Right. So you know, it's just people fear what they do not know, and the satanic religion is. Let me rephrase that: the modern Satanist is feared. Just as he was feared 500 years ago, and the you know witches were burned at the stake for not understanding for people not understanding witchcraft, but it was a folk thing. I mean, it, women did stuff like that cures all the time. When they didn't understand it, they called them a witch and they burned them. So they do the same thing with modern Satanists today, which is they don't understand modern Satanism, and thereby they accuse it of being a horrific thing. And I know myself from having studied it for seven years before I actually, you know, really understood it. Um, I know exactly that it is not a horrific thing. It is a religion. It's called the selfish religion because it is a religion that you take full responsibility for your own actions and you do, you do things based on what you want, not on what a God tells you, not, not what uh, a, a spirit tells you of some sort. It's a religion based on humanity. My point being, um, it, I think most people realize, those who are involved in Satanism, because uh, it, it even says right in the Satanic Bible, do not harm an animal. You know, if you're going to get into Satanism, you do not harm an animal. Yes. Nor do you, nor do you harm people, for that matter. You mentioned Eve Lorgan. And she's someone I, I mentioned, uh, Max Spears too, and brought up Aquino. And it, it seemed like she was shocked that I, I had this friendship with Michael. Really? Why, why do you say that? I don't know. It just, just by the tone of her voice, it, it seemed like she was kind of, uh, put off in a way about that sort of thing. Well, and I mean, I, you know, I, are you I, surprised? No, I'm not surprised at all. And I, I brought up another gentleman. Who, who's constantly talking about Michael Aquino, uh, Douglas Dietrich. He, he's an, he's another gentleman who goes about talking about Michael, uh, to the point where I think Aquino wanted to press some sort of legal action against him. Oh, so he was talking in a derogatory term. Uh, he's uh, been talking about him for several years. Uh, one of them, huh? One of them. And he's been doing it for a very, very long time now. And you know, I, some, sometimes people just don't know when to quit. I reached out to him several times and I said, Hey, um, you seem to have a very strong opinion about Michael Aquino. What if I set you two up to talk, you know, like adults? We'll hash this out. What and do you say? nothing. He has, he's never responded to me ever. Huh. So what does that tell you about that person right there? Tells me a lot of things. I mean, he's also someone who was, I believe, um, what exactly happened to him? I think he was court-martialed. Really? Mm-hmm. I believe so. So this guy was in the, uh, do you know what branch of service he was in? I don't know for certain. I think he worked at some sort of library sort of thing. Mm. I think he was burning records, too. 
I think that's another thing he was doing. Classified <laughs> records, allegedly. Oh, so this guy who is accusing Aquino of being whatever was basically being a criminal himself. I I think so. I, well, I don't know if he's a criminal per se. I can't really say that. But he well, does uh, have if, a. If he was burning records that were confidential. No, no, that's what he was. What he was being paid to do, I guess. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I misunderstood you. I'm sorry. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I don't really know much about this guy. Really, I haven't really paid too much attention to him, except that he's constantly talking about Aquino. And uh, like I said, I've reached out to him several times. He's a quote unquote whistleblower, so why not bring him in? <laughs> I thought he wanted to be heard. Yeah, you would think that. It, I thought it, it, this was what he wanted, Mike. Right, and you would think that somebody who's got such a stick up their ass for somebody else and accuses them of this, that, and the other thing would want an opportunity to maybe respectively uh, buck horns. Yes, it says here that Douglas Dietrich is the son of a retired U.S. Navy sailor, and Douglas worked for 10 years as a Department of uh, Defense Research librarian at the Presidio military base in San Francisco, where one of his major duties was document destruction. That's what it, that's what it says here. Doesn't that nice. sound kind of made up? I, I'll admit it's a little odd. It's a little um, weird, right? It certainly is. Yeah, I don't know. So, you know, I invited this gentleman to the program and I thought, I really honestly thought he would, he would show. And? No, nothing. No word, you know, nothing. I, I just thought he would show face and, and communicate with me, but nothing because I, I, I figured this is what he wants, right? <laughs> this is what he wants, right? He wants to have a little face off. So why not give it to him? Let him present his facts. Yeah, it seems that way to me. And it didn't happen. Silly boy. It was really silly. It just seems like, um, he's wasting everyone's time. He had his chance, Mike. Yeah, you give him an opportunity if he's not going to, you know, stand up and, and, you know, deal with his issue head on, then what can, what else can you do? Yeah. I wouldn't a, worry about it too much. Yeah, it's not a big deal. I just thought I was helping him. Well. Helping both. Both in any parties. Event, uh, do you plan on having a queen on anytime soon or in the future? I sure do. Yeah, he was, he was, he's fun to listen to, huh? He's something I mean, I, else, right? You can listen to that guy all day long. He's just really smart. I yeah. really respect that guy. You really, you really could listen to him all day. It's just remarkable. Um, the guy is a wealth of knowledge. Oh my goodness. Yeah. He yeah, really he's is. Just, it's, he's a walking book. It's bizarre, isn't it? Well, uh, I mean, in a good way, not, not in, negative. In a good way. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I've been, I've been following him since, well, I'll be honest with you. I heard about him in the eighties when the whole satanic panic thing was going on uh and i saw him on geraldo rivera i think once or twice people don't like that uh that uh that he's been here before multiple times what do you mean they don't like it they don't like it they they don't like my association with him at all well do you think it's because of his background on who he is of course they just think they just think so badly about everything yeah well there's no evidence though that's the that's that's the problem Right. As soon as you mention the Church of Satan or or any affiliation with the Temple of Set, which is basically, you know, the Temple of Satan. Yeah, um, red, red flag right there automatically. Yeah, yeah. automatically, yeah. especially sure. anyone who's, you know, 
uh, a real religious person, whether they are Christian, Muslim, uh, Jewish, or anything of that sort. You know, I mean, let's face it, if it wasn't for Christianity, or actually, if it wasn't for Satanism, Christianity would be out of business. That's true. I mean, all they do is talk about, like, you're going to hell. If you don't act up and if you don't stop acting up and get your act together, you're going to hell, pal. And in hell, there's a fiery brimstone and blah, 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 blah. Look, I, I'm sure there's people out there who are Christians and they're good people. I'm not saying There's some anything. great Christians out there for sure. But, of course, right. um, on that subject, though, mm-hmm. I, it does remind me that there are a lot of pastors out there who are millionaires, by the way. Mm-hmm. And they and make what, what's a, wrong with that picture? Well, there's lots of things wrong with that picture, of course. Mm-hmm. I just think it's a little strange that you would be a millionaire off of that. But I guess, Mike, this is something I always say. It's not against the law to profit off of others' ignorance. I suppose you're right. I suppose you're right. You know, I saw an excellent movie the other day. Not to interrupt you, but I saw an excellent okay. movie, movie last week called um, There Will Be Blood. Yeah, that's a good one. Have you seen it? I have. Oh my god, what a great film, huh? Oh, it's good. And at the end, he, he, well, I don't want to give the film away, but at the end, that whole scene with the preacher guy, the, the kid, who, who, the main character, in, uh, whose name I forget, that actor, who's a really good actor, he was in Gangs of New York, um, the tall guy, the tall skinny guy, his son marries the sister of the preacher, and then at the end, that scene where everything goes down, and <laughs> I'll tell you, that was that was one excellent film. And uh, what I'm trying to get at is that you mentioned it, there's no law against making money off people who are gullible, and I, I don't think you said it that way, but um, <laughs> you're, you're right. There really is no law against that. There isn't. And, there really isn't, and people capitalize on it all the time. All the time. And I like to discern from that sort of thing. Well, you know, with all due respect to certain individuals who are uh, in the Christian faith or um, Catholicism or whatever, uh, Baptist, Lutheran, whatever, a lot of times these people who are very nice people, don't get me wrong, they're, they're, they mean well and they're good-hearted. Um, the problem is they tend to not always think for themselves. Exactly. They don't really tend to think for themselves. It's kind of a mob mentality. Right. And, and I, I don't mean to be critical or, or, or even mean for that matter. But, but let's face it. How many movies have you seen or books have you read or actual life experiences where you've gone into a church and just sit and watch the people who are just completely dumbfounded by the words that come out of a preacher's mouth or an evangelist's mouth? I mean, let's face it. You've got to be smart. To know what you're saying to people when you're preaching the word of the Lord. You gotta be a little slick there, I know. Right. So not everybody has that gift. Some people have it more than others. Remember? They're very charismatic indeed. That's right. What was that guy's name? Jimmy, um, that big evangelist used to sell out stadiums. I can't remember his name. Hmm. Jim, uh. There's still quite a number of those people out there raking in the millions. Too many. Tammy Faye, Tammy Faye and Jim something. Anyway, uh, that guy would get up there and- You know, this is very offensive, by the way, Mike, and it's on a serious note for a lot of people out there. The fact really? that we're having this conversation, sure, a lot of people are pissed off about that. About what? About this kind of conversation we're having. I, I know it. 
Uh, well, I know I mean, what people it, it's dislike. It's just a conversation. That's sure, all. but what I want to say is it, it's it's the sad reality that a small minority of Christians do this. These pastors, they they profit and steal from their own members. Yeah, um, it's really sad. You know, well, I, not to change the subject too far, but this still has to do with religion. You're a Scientologist. Uh, yeah, <laughs> me Sorry. and Tom Cruise are really tight. You and Mr. Um, L. Ron Hubbard. <laughs> um, the spirit. So check this out. When I was in high school, freshman year, I had to take uh, I had to take a language because um, it was a Catholic school. Um, so I had to, I took Italian, and the teacher I had, his name was Father Paul, and the same teacher. He was an old man. He was like in his seventies when I was in his class. And several years prior to me being a freshman in high school, under this guy's tutorage. My brother went to the same school and had the same teacher. Long story short, years go by. I'm out of high school. Years go by. And this is probably, I'm going to say 18 years ago, maybe 20 years ago. This man, Father Paul, who was a Catholic priest, Italian, spoke with a very heavy accent, was accused of molestation. And somewhere, somehow, at some point, he couldn't take it. And he ended up jumping out of the window of his church, thereby killing himself. Really? Yeah. Now, I mean, I'm assuming that whatever charges were coming against him about molestation may very well have been true. Wow. Now, you know, the other thing I read yesterday is that apparently there was a poll taken about the deduction of people who are going to church these days. Um, and how there's more atheists out there and less and less people are going to church. Uh, meanwhile, meanwhile, the fastest growing religion in the world is Islam. Now go figure. Islam, the, 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 the religion of peace, quote unquote, that has the, their holy Bible, the Quran, which inside it says, kill infidels, anybody who is not a Muslim. There is a word called Takia, I forget if I'm saying it right. It's T-A-Q-I-A-Y-Y-A, something, Takia. Takia means it gives you the right to lie about anything in order to advance the religion of Islam. Uh, then you have the comments of uh, how to treat women, uh, how to uh, circumcise, I think it's called circumcise them when, when they cut off their clitoris. Um, so oh yes, the general, yeah, right. General genital mutilation, m- yes, mutilation, right. And they do this so that the women have the women have no sexual pleasure, right. Um, then you know if they get out of hand, you can you can smack your woman around. Um, I mean all these things in the Quran that that tell the men how to go about living their life, and it's also used as a political book too. A mosque and the Quran are not only religious. But they are also a political uh, establishment and a political form of a sort of a constitution for the Muslim uh, religion. So um, go figure. The fastest growing religion in the world is is Islam. The quick the the uh, the religion that is becoming less and less popular is Christianity. And Mike, do you see a civil war on the I horizon? Do. I, I think we're already in the beginning. You said, yeah, you said we're already in the beginning stages. Yes. Um, I believe based on what I have been seeing, 
with this uh, politically correct liberal Democrat uh, movement where people are, are rioting, uh, uh, hurting other people, beating them up. I um, I listen to a DJ and, and, and he, he, he uh, has a radio talk show host guy. Uh, his name is Michael Savage. He is uh, conservative. Oh, no. <laughs> you probably hate him, right? No, I don't hate him. I just don't find him that appealing. I just can't okay. stand his voice. I'm not sure. All right, and fair enough, fair enough. Yes. Michael Savage, it, go ahead. B- believe it or not, and I, 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 let me let me reiterate, <laughs> I am not a Republican, nor we, yes. am I a conservative. Nope, okay? no doubt. Neither or. However, when I listen to the news reports that Michael Savage gives, Mark Levin uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Mark, Mark Levin is even worse, by the way. The, that guy, know, that, right that voice. Oh my God. Okay. Mike. Voices aside, voices aside. That voice though is, is so bad. It's like oh, okay. nails to a chalkboard. I, I, I give you that. That's fine. A voice for print. Point, <laughs> point taken. But nevertheless, I told you before, I stopped listening to mainstream media. Okay. And I listen to these these talk show hosts, um, uh, Sean Hannity, the right wing wackos, yes, right, or all of those. You know, I listen to them, and I'll tell you why. Because through eight, and I never listened to them up until about 2010. That's when I started listening. So I've only been listening for about six years, seven years at the most. And then as as a matter of fact, I even had to take a break from listen, listening to Michael Savage because you were, oh no, you were part of the Savage Nation, Mike. It, well, no, no. Let me <laughs> he he just he, he talks a lot about himself. He However, really does. Oh my God, he talks about himself constantly. But the point is, when he does talk about things that are po- political, I happen to agree with what he said. And uh, by that notion, I mean you know he was talking about that he brought up many points about Hussein Osama, who um, was pulling this country apart. Uh, the same with Levin. The same with Hannity. Um, they all said the same thing. So I started listening to them, not saying again, not saying I'm a Republican and I'm certainly not a conservative. I don't believe in like, you know, uh, 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 pro-life. I believe in, in, in pro-choice. Um, I, I believe in, in, in capital punishment. Um, so, you know, I take the best of both political parties. Um, and I believe what's right is right. And that's what I believe in. So when I listen to these guys, uh, they tell me things that I feel make sense, and that's the only reason I really listen to them. But, you know, I get these – I'm kind of going completely off track here. I don't even remember what we, what we were talking about, but, um, you know, I, I get my news and information from these guys instead of the mainstream media because the mainstream media, they're all they're out for is to get, uh, like, one of their – uh, newscaster awards at the end of the year from for being a great newscaster. They don't give a goddamn about about the the real politics of what's going on. H- how many of them were sided on the left uh, on the left for uh, Hillary Clinton? And all of them put down Trump left and right. But what happened? The people voted for Trump. Period. I must say that uh, Trump hasn't been in office very long, but he sure has generated a ton of heat. Um, right. Of course, the immigrant travel ban caused a lot of commotion, caused a bit of chaos and confusion for some folks out there. Of course, he banned seven Muslim countries, by the way. Who, who 
Obama did the exact same thing to the exact same seven countries. Apparently, nobody, uh, Mike, nobody said a goddamn thing to him. Apparently, Mike, some air airliners out there, or airlines rather, um, I think they're still refusing some people to fly. Okay, so check I'm this not out. Sure. I think so that's what I read. Out. out of in one week. Over three, I believe it was 350,000 give or take people that came into the, the United States of America from another country. Do you know that out of 350,000 people that came into this country in one week, 109 of them were detained? So you're going to tell me mm-hmm. that 109 people who were detained, they had their lives slightly altered and they still got in. You're going to tell me that these people who we are, we're trying to protect our country and the people who live in this country. Do you mean to tell me that just because we could detain 109 people that we're, we're, we're doing a horrible racist thing? I don't think so. I think he's doing the right thing. I want protection. I I do admit it's been pretty entertaining to say the least. Um, all this, all these things going on. Um, it's, it's, it's been two weeks and it's been insane. Yep. This has been the most interesting it's been in a long time in the political realm. He basically hit the crazy. ground running. He and hit the ground running. By the way, I'm not a supporter of any, any party. I'm just speaking, um, how I feel about this. And most of us know politics are pretty boring most of the time. Most of the time. Most of the time. And you know what? I never got involved in presidential debates and, and, and the political scene. I ended up getting it a little bit like, like after 9-11 happened, I watched the news every day for hours for six months straight. And then I sort of died down after, you know, uh, after we attacked Iraq for absolutely no reason at all. Um, that was the beginning of it all. Once we took down Saddam, well, once we tried to take down Saddam Hussein and we started taking over Afghanistan and all that, that was the, that was the worst because then once that happened, all these other, uh, political leaders in the, uh, Muslim nations began getting, uh, taken over. And it is my personal belief, take it as you will, it is my personal belief that these dictators were in power to keep the radical Islamic terrorists at bay. Because as you can see, without uh, a firm hand in, in, in their uh, leadership, look what happened to Iraq, ISIS. That's very okay? true. And that's basically the – that's Saddam's army who have now taken over. I'm sorry, but I, I, I firmly believe that people like Gaddafi, Saddam Hussein, uh, the – I forget his name, the guy that was in Egypt – uh, who was um, ousted because he was part of the Muslim Brotherhood. Um, then there was Assad in Syria, who they're still trying to get out. Look, these guys are dictators. I will not doubt, I will not, uh, 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 what am I trying to say? I won't deny that. Sure. But up until they were just, uh, like, you know, a lot of them were assassinated or, or thrown out or a, a coup was uh, uh, applied to their their, their leadership, all of a sudden, they get killed. What happens? Overthrow of the, of the uh, country by rebels immediately. I mean, they were fine. Iraq was fine until we went in and 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 tried to, you know, find 
Saddam Hussein for weapons of mass destruction that did not exist. So let me make myself perfectly clear. I hated Obama, but I hated Bush, too, because he was an idiot. And there was there was no reason for us to go into Iraq and bomb them. None whatsoever. Understood. By the way, Mike. Um, we, we've also got Iran out there testing these ballistic missiles. Uh, and Don't get me started on Iran. I, I gotta know your opinion on this. I mean, we've, we've always had these threats from different countries, more so from North Korea. Yep. But, um, I don't know about North Korea. I don't really, do you really think they're gonna be a problem anytime soon in the future? Um, well, I don't really think so. I think more or less it's Iran. If I may, let me address the first topic first, which sure. is Iran. Go ahead. First of all, first and foremost, Iran is a despicable country with despicable politicians, okay? All they do is chant death to America, death to America. And what did that friggin' idiot John Kerry do? Went over there, made a deal with them, talked about how great they were and how they were our friends. And meanwhile, they just kept saying death to America, death to America. What did we do? We gave them $150 billion. <laughs> that John Kerry. John My Kerry is, is a, a traitor. I don't give a goddamn that he served in our, in our country's military. I think he is a piece of crap. And I think that his his political views to call Iran our friends was the biggest insult to America from his mouth. All right. So now Iran, they have already broken their contract with us and, and have done things that they were not supposed to do. Um, but Obama kept saying, oh, they're our friends and we have nothing to worry about. We have to be fair with them. No, these are people who have sworn to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. They have sworn to come down and attack and kill Americans. They take our people hostage when they're out there. Who would ever go to Iran is beyond me. If you go to Iran, you deserve to get caught by these idiots because these people are maniacs. They, they, they are going to be part of the next third world war and they're probably going to start it. That's what so I'm no. hoping that doesn't happen. Yeah, I don't like them one bit. And I think we made the biggest mistake in the world by giving them $150 billion. I, I, I can't believe how stupid Hussein was when he gave him that money. Now, North Korea, what's his name? Kim Jong-un, whatever the hell. Mm -hmm. Another lunatic. The country and its people are starving. And this fat little chubby communist is running around saying that he's going to bomb this one and bomb that one. The Americans need to get bombed. Look, man, they're another group of idiots and they deserve to be, they deserve to go down with Iran as far as I'm concerned. They are not to be trusted. They just like, just like the Pakistanis and Al Qaeda who are always attacking Israel with their web, uh, their missiles. Korea does the exact same thing. And what does China do? Nothing. It's like their little mad dog that they won't control. China could put their thumb on North Korea and shut them the hell up. But do they? No. You know why? Because no one has respect for, for America anymore. Because uh, Hussein Osama basically lied down or kissed everybody's ass 
All of our all of our enemies, he kissed their asses, and all of our allies, he turned his back on. I really just don't hope that another massive war breaks out. That'd be terrible. It would. It would be absolutely terrible. We we have never we've never been closer to a war than we are right now, and I blame all of it not on Trump. I blame all of it on Hussein Osama. To be honest with you, Mike, I don't really blame any of these presidents or any. I don't even blame our government. I just think these other people out there in these foreign countries are, are just kind of crazy, Mike. They are, but you know why they got crazier? Did you ever hear the CIA? About, no, no, no. Listen, you, did you hear about North Korea or Iran ever thinking that they could go through w- with an attack against America before Hussein was president? I don't think so. The answer to that would be no. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, because America had balls. We had a military that was not decimated by Hussein. Um, we had patriotic country. Yes, we had our problems. Yes, we had some uh, some segregation and racism. That I mean, there's always going to be that. But the fact is, once Osama took power, he claimed war on the whites. He claimed war on the police. He claimed war on our military by, and by that I mean he began to decimate it by, you know, I think we have, we have less, we have less battleships patrolling the waters today than we did in World War One at that time. So you shrink, you shrink the greatest world power in the world's army and military and everybody else takes advantage of that. North Korea, Russia, Iran, um, who else? Um, China, you know, and they're just like, oh, America, look at this idiot they've got running this country, this black guy who just keeps calling everybody a racist and keeps bowing. He bows to the, to the king of Saudi or Russia, uh, Saudi Arabia. No president does that. Okay. And, and he just completely kissed ass and that showed weakness to this country. You know, I haven't really liked any of these other countries bad mouthing us to be honest with you either mike i kind of been waiting for i don't know maybe maybe we do something finally about all these these people making these little threats i don't know i know it sounds kind of crazy some people won't like that but i mean it gets kind of annoying having to read these these people out there i'll tell you what it's going to take it's going to take another 911 for people to snap out of this ri- ridiculous um, notion that we need to be more wary of the Muslim immigrants that are coming into this country. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying all of them are bad. But under the circumstances of what we're – first of all, we got ISIS that has, you know, basically that Muslim part of the world is claiming war against America. And, you know, everybody, all the politicians have kept, have to, you know, politically correctly say, oh, no, we like the Muslims. By the way, Mike, that that makes me wonder, is there something they know that we don't know yet? Of course. Is there something going on that we don't see that they're not reporting yet? I I believe that 100%. That's a conspiracy theory. That is a conspiracy. (laughs) That is a conspiracy right there. Because we don't know. Exactly. But the fact is, uh, there are too many things happening with the Muslim um, countries. And frankly, uh, we need to get our our act together again. Um, And 
frankly, I think, I think President Trump is the man to do it. Well, I hope so. I, I don't hate any man out there, to be honest with you. No matter what, I, I really do hope that this person that we have here, their administration actually succeeds in something good for all of the Americans. I hope so. Me too. I'm, ty- I'm tired of, of, of us, uh, of seeing our country, um, be degraded and same here. I'm, I'm also tired of the Americans who are standing up for all the other countries instead of their own protection. I mean, they don't even realize that if, if any of these people were to come in and in, in, Ill, Ill, infiltrate their neighborhoods and start killing them, that's what it's going to take for them to realize that they've made a mistake. But, you know, they're, they're out there chanting, uh, no nation, uh, no borders. Um, uh, no borders, no nation, fuck deportation. That, that's their chant. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. And it's quite sad. Because quite colorful too. Yeah. And, and I, I just think it's absolutely horrible that they, their eyes are closed and, and they're, they're, they're just so hell bent on saying, uh, you know, you, you guys cheated for the election. Oh my gosh. Really? Okay. I voted against Osama. Twice and twice I lost. But did I burn down anybody's house? Did I kick in anybody's windows? Did I beat anybody up? Did I light anything on fire? No. For sure. And Mike, I I am looking at the time here, and we definitely are running out of time. So I yep. do want to. I'm tired. To, I know. Like we quarter to three out here. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, we've been on a while, and I do want to thank you for being on the program, Mike. And I do want to leave you once again with the final word. So please feel free to give us your final word and, of course, plug your website before you go. Oh, well, first of all, Michael, it is an absolute honor and a pleasure to work with you. I absolutely love your show, and I love working with you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. You're you're a great man, Michael, and I, I truly respect you, and I love your show, number one. Uh, number two, um, if anybody is interested out there, I have written a book. Uh, about my musical career. Uh, it is called King of an Empire to the Shoes of a Misfit, The Memoirs of Mike Hideous. It's a long title. Um, it is a reissue of the original book, which I wrote in 2000, which was released in 2003, I believe, or two. Uh, so it was out of print for from 2005 or I should say since 2005, I had it reprinted myself and can it can only be gotten at my website, uh, and I have three of them. The first one is MikeHideous.com, and that's M-Y, Y as in yellow, uh, Mike, M-Y-K-E, Hideous, H-I-D-E-O-U-S.com. Um, I also was a musician, so you could get any of my CDs or whatever t-shirts online as well uh my other band was spy society 99 spy society 99.com um and then the other one is empire hideous.com if you'd like to get my book you can get it at i believe either of the last three websites i just mentioned you can also see my artwork at horribleartwork.com that's horrible artwork.com photographs paintings drawings all originals blah 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 
And last but not least, uh, if you'd like to communicate with me on Facebook, uh, the Facebook fan page is Hideous Mike, M-Y-K-E. Um, there was another one out there, Mike Hideous, but uh, Facebook shut it down because they said it wasn't my real name, which it isn't, but it's the name I went by for the last sure. 30 mm-hmm. years. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's Hideous Mike Facebook, whatever, facebook.com slash Mike. Uh, hideous Mike, whatever. You'll figure it out. <laughs> um, and that's it. Uh, so once again, I want to thank you. Captain, thanks you. Hermes, oh, thanks Captain, you. Yes. The cat. And, love uh, the cat. By the way, thank you, Mike, for the t-shirt. I'm actually wearing it right now. Oh, you rock, brother. I hope you liked the one I did of, um, the, 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 uh, what was it? The red one? The red like one. A, the burgundy yeah. colored one. Yeah. There you go. I hope, I hope that was okay. It's okay. I actually liked it. Good, good. Yeah. That's I'm the one I'm wearing. Good. Yeah. Awesome. They fit you all right? That, you know, I thought it was going to be a little bit tight, but it fit good. The other one fits a little bit more snug, but this one is right on the money. All right. Well, I guess when you wash them, just kind of don't put them in a dryer. Yeah, I have to avoid the dryer. Let them, ha- if you let them hang dry, um, they probably won't shrink or anything and they say they won't be too tight on you. Matter of fact, Mike, I, I need to ask you off air about the company you got this shirt from. Okay. Yeah, I mean, these would pre, these would be pretty good, this company here, to have a print on there. Um, yeah, whenever you want to talk, you just, uh, let me know. Yeah, that's something the listeners would want, uh, a t-shirt with the logo of, of the show. Yeah, that could be done. I mean, I, I don't know if I could do it. I don't have Sure. I, yeah, I have a, I have a, another guy I think that knows a thing or two, but in, in terms of actually having uh, a t-shirt, that company, um, I, I really like this material. Yeah, I'll let you know. Uh, I actually have a friend of mine in Washington State who had a connection with uh, a wholesaler for shirts, and they had some really decent shirts, too. So Nice. I can hook you up with that. All right, buddy. I would love that. But once again, to thank you for being a guest slash host on the program, and we'll have to set this up again, and, and we'll we'll set it up more to your liking with the music and the guests next time. Oh, I, I would love to. I, I absolutely love coming on the show, Michael. So again, thank, thank you. Um, I had a great time and I very much look forward to the next time we can do this. All right, my friend. All right, buddy. Take care and have a good night. You too. Take care. Have a great weekend and I'll talk to you very soon. Good night. Right. Mahalo. And that was Mike Hideous, boys and girls. What a great guest he was. I had fun here and. On a side note, I'll be honest with you here. I wasn't going to do tonight's show. I haven't really been feeling too well. I've been feeling a little odd. But here I am, live once again on a Saturday night. And I hope all of you enjoy tonight's program. I know some of you might not have liked the program. But again, I I do wish you all to return one day. And I thank all of you who listen live and, of course, on the replays. That means a lot. And with that said, the world is a mysterious place, and life itself is a mystery. Until next time, good night, everybody. Oh, my.
I could tell that all the mainstream media outlets were giving me like bullshit. Like, you can just see it. It's clear. <laughs> How appropriate. I wish I could be in that ring with Holden right now. It's crazy. I had no idea this shit existed before 726. Oh, Granny. I like Granny. I'm going to keep it real. A lot of good content. A lot of cool topics. You know, I, yeah, I feel, you know, fortunate to have an opportunity to speak to you guys tonight. Uh, you, guys are, you guys are really good. Yeah, Mr. Rusev, that son of a bitch. I do not like that, man. It's, it's the simplest shit. You go in there, you see the buds and then you say, what the fuck do you have in your pocket? What the fuck are you going to be smoking time about midnight? That's what I want. Just for what it's worth, I want to put in my two cents to tell you both that you have one of the most incredibly well-rounded shows. Uh, other than... 22 years old. Still virgin. Guess what, motherfuckers? I received...